Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Holy shit, Jay. Holy shit. We made it to 100 episodes. Really? I can't count. I know. That's okay. why I'm telling you. I'm okay, explaining so it. 100 is one and then two zeros. Right. It's basically Correct. like what comes after 99, but before 101. So if I'm if I'm following this correctly, most like television shows, like a Friends, if you will, right. when mm-hmm. they get to episode 100, right. we'll celebrate. Yes. Should we celebrate? I think we should start with a high five. High five! High five! High five. High five. High five. High five. High five. High five, son. Woo! High five. Don't let me hang it. Jay, we made it. I'm so happy. Like we finally done it. Uh, Everyone has told us you'd never make it to 100 episodes. They said you guys suck. Shut up, mom. (laughs) That's right. Shut up, Q's mom. I did it. He did it I by have, himself. <laughs> by myself. You it's did it. Me. Thank you for acknowledging that it was just what you. What a lot of people don't know is we are actually very similar to that uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie uh, Split. Oh, I thought you were going to say Lady in the Water because my, my left arm is gigantic. And, oh, that is not where I thought you were going okay. with that at all. No. For a minute I was like, are you in water? I am. I'm Got a lady it. in the water. Got it. Um, no. So it's 100 episodes. Man. We've made it. And we've decided to do something special. We have pulled out every card and phone number that High Five has collected over the past three years of making episodes. And if you think him saying card is weird, trust us, we have an old school Rolodex. It's and true. And it would embarrass you. It's true. It embarrasses us. <laughs> Just Jay. I'm fine Just- with that. <laughs> okay. Yes. But we've called every contact that we know. And we have got some massive celebrities here to sell. You guys aren't even going to believe it. Trust me. Even if we told you right now who it was, you wouldn't believe it. Trust us. It's going to be huge. Like, George Lucas is here. Hey, guys. I just want to say hi. I love the show. Oh, my God, George. I'm a huge fan of your movies. I'm a huge fan of, like, American Graffiti. I'm a huge fan, and I'm glad you are no longer making Star Wars movies. I agree. Thanks. (laughs) I'm glad you guys are still doing podcasts. (laughs) Oh, thanks. I don't know. That's it? Sure. Thanks, George. I'm going to go get some pizza. Okay, goodbye. We also have Christopher Walken is here. Wow, it's crazy. Uh, high five. You guys are pretty good. Uh, marsupials have tails, and Jay has one too. Chris, I, I, I can't thank you enough for being here. Like, you've really 
inspired our show in so many ways, mm-hmm. um, especially with your music videos that you dance in. Thank you. Dancing is really my passion. Uh, acting is like, eh. <laughs> Nice. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Uh, if you want to go wait in the green room, we'll call you back later. Bye. It's crazy. Uh, we've got Danny DeVito is here. Hey, guys, I'm Danny DeVito. Thanks, Danny DeVito. You just blew out our microphone. So if you'll just go wait with Christopher Walken. You're welcome. We've also got Jason Marsden is here. Hey, guys. I'm 90s pop icon Jason Marsden. That was awful. That was the best I could do, Jay. I mean, okay, listen. I know we've been doing the gag with like all the impressions so far. Yeah. But at least mine were good. Oh, yeah? You do it better. Okay. I'm Jason Marsden. Look at me. I was in a goofy movie. <laughs> Uh, that was okay. I mean, do you want to do a Jason Marsden? Yeah, mine's, I think it's more like, like, I'm a Jason Marsden. Uh, I like to play the baseball. <laughs> Why is Jason Marsden Sasha Baron Cohen for some reason? <laughs> I don't know. The first I, round sounded way better. All right. So, okay, let me do this. Cheerio, I'm Jason Marsden. Yeah, good eye, mate. It's me. Australian Jason Marsden. <laughs> Holy shit, Jay. I'm not going to move because I think this works like T-Rex rules. If I move, will we scare away Jason? There is a real Jason Marsden here. Oh my goodness. I know we were joking about everything else, but fuck. Jason Marsden's in the writer's room. Holy shit, everybody. This is a real thing that's happening. Well, truth be told, and uh, if I may, in case there's anyone happening to be listening to this on any sort of like... uh, uh, radio signal. I am being held against my will. I've been kidnapped. I'm Jason, somewhere. Jason, 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 thank you there's so much. There's a Dollar General Jason, uh, headquarters so nearby. That's uh, not, Jason, thank you so much for being here. If you would stop thing. chewing on your ropes, that would really help. Just, we don't make a lot of money from this. Loosen them a little bit. We'll think about Especially it. Especially around the ankles. Any more outbursts like that and we will not. <laughs> yes. You had to be good. We told you. All right. In all seriousness, happy 100th episode. Holy Thank fuck. you. And in all seriousness... Thank you for being here. 100% real Jason Marsden. Yeah, it is 100% real Jason Marsden. You guys have been wasting your time doing the, the Marsden Minute. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of helping your listeners not have to deal with that anymore. You've well, basically you're saying, hold on. You're saying wasting our time, <laughs> but, but you're here. But we kidnapped you. Uh, bingo, bingo. All right, all right. Touche. Can you uh, do your impression of me again? Yeah, do it one more which, time, Jay. Which one? I'm Jason Marsden. Look at me. I always have to say, look at me. I don't know why. Like Mr. Meeseeks. Oh, my gosh. I was just about Life to say Life is like, turmoil and pain. Mr. Marston Seeks. Uh-huh. Mr. Marston Well, I Seeks. identify with Mr. Meeseeks so much because that's pretty much like me when I go to cons. I'm like, hey, it's me. Look at me. Does look anyone want me. my autograph? Existence is pain. I used to be really <laughs> Like I, I can visualize so strongly you at a music concert, just being like, "Look at me, everybody! Remember, Powerline, Powerline! Heck but with Foo Fighters! Look at me, everybody! Turn around, come on! Fuck those guys! No, but seriously, holy shit, we're super excited to have you here. Well, I like and, pizza and whiskey. So. Thank you. And we it's, bought both, and that's all we subsist on. So, and we call it our green room, but it's really a half bath. Um, one and a half if you're being nasty. Most green rooms are. <laughs> that's so, that's so true. Good. Yeah, We're in the that biz. Is a real and they're never green. We did it. <laughs> well, I mean, for for us being here on our hundredth episode, 
we couldn't think of a better guest to have than, than Jason Morrison, mainly because we've been stalking him for months. Right. Um, and we couldn't think of a better topic. I mean, Q, do you want to tell us our, our topic? I how, do today? Are we, how are you guys celebrating 100 episodes? I do. So we've decided. You're here. We kidnapped you. That's how we did it. <laughs> We're going to talk about movies that informed who we are, that gave you oh, your I'm, love of movies. I'm more into um, women, actually. Perfect. I mean, uh, okay. That's what so we're talking about. So you can list about. your top five <laughs> women that shaped who you are. Hopefully in there is Mary your mom, Beth maybe. Serrano was amazing. <laughs> did you, how did you? Well, we oh, get around. Nashville's a weird small, small town. town. Small vortex. It is, it is. Yeah, so we just. Movies that have, that have informed and kind of shaped Okay. Whatever. I mean, so, obviously, something inspired you to go into the business that you're in. Something inspired us to talk about movies more than anyone wants to listen to us talk about movies. You mm-hmm. can't do that on television. Anybody? Yeah. Oh, I love that show. With Alanis loved, Morissette? With a passion. I Well, she was in a couple. Yeah? Yeah. But yeah, but that... You're like the, the OG Nickelodeon, like right after it became... Or it stopped being Pinwheel and then became Nickelodeon. I was about to you, say... Yes, Pinwheel. Good yeah. throwback. Yeah. Yeah. You, you Can't Do That on Television was back in uh, yeah. some of those arcade, like Nick Arcade You're area. You're talking to a guy who the literally that. has a wall of like 90s <laughs> television shows. Do you remember the theme song? Of You Can't Do That on Television? Of Pinwheel? I'm going to oh. pretend like I don't just to make you do it. Pinwheel, yeah. pinwheel, spinning around. Look at my pinwheel and see what I found. Pinwheel, pinwheel, uh, co- colorful and bright. Da-da-da-da-da-da. And, and have a... Great night. night. A great night. Yeah. We something about it. your plight. I think it was really deep. <laughs> it just ended on a really I love heavy the Nickelodeon note. pinwheel ended like on a really deep like, neological level. <laughs> and good luck with your plight. Yeah. <laughs> it's like pinwheel, pinwheel. Everybody look at me. Pinwheel, pinwheel. Superman Nietzsche. It's like what? What? How did we get to Nietzsche and Superman? Your Uber, parents are using Uber us man. as babysitters. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was real weird. That's I, don't, real... I don't know why the pinwheel theme song mentioned that I was adopted. Like I don't. That's just <laughs> totally so unnecessary. Mister Rogers has been trying to tell me that for years. I never listened. It's amazing. Pinwheel had to. God damn it! I, nail the I do need a neighbor <laughs> and a real family. <laughs> so so basically, this we, is no fun already. We, no no. I, we, I, I, we, I don't think I've smiled once. Our today. goal is to have as miserable of a time as possible and subject the rest of the universe. To listening to it. What did I just scrape off the side of your glass that you gave me? And I'm glad it's on the inside. I don't know. I, I don't know. It was uh, it was just on your shelf, man, next to the whiskey. <laughs> oh, shit. It's probably shelf dirt. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know what? That was some good-ass improv, Hugh. <laughs> Thanks. I really Nailed liked it. shelf dirt. Hey, we didn't get to 100 episodes for nothing. You know what I'm saying? You heard that new Stained album, Shelf Dirt? It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> Kid Rock sings on there. So seriously, though, uh, movies that kind of shaped us and we obviously uh, informed love who we are. Yeah, so here's the deal. So I kind of thought about when I was thinking about the topic. Um, so there was a there was a handful of movies that kind of like lived in my VHS player as a child mm-hmm. that kind of kind of got repeated over and over and over again until the tapes broke and then we got charged a million dollars by the Kroger that we were renting them from, but whatever. Fuck you, Kroger. Um... <laughs> We're never wow. going to get Can a... Can you say that on here? Strong yeah, stance against Kroger. <laughs> My God. If it, we're a Whole Foods and Harris Teeter podcast all the way, Mars. I don't know if you know that. Turns but out. Our, our tagline is, fuck Kroger. <laughs> That's our one and only tagline. On iTunes, it just says, high five the podcast, fuck Kroger. 
adult. Yeah. <laughs> like we have an adult. It is, it is an, ex, uh, uh, what is it called? An explicit podcast. No. So it's totally uh, fine. You can say fuck. You can say shit. You uh, can't say heck. <laughs> or gosh darn it. Good, good we, we censor, we censor the, the passive versions of the curse. Understood. Right, understood. Um, but I'm sure you guys also have things like that in your past that kind of either developed your love for a certain genre of movie or um, inspired projects that you would go on to, to make and mm. artistic endeavors that you would have. Um, I know that if it weren't for ever watching a movie, I wouldn't be doing a podcast about them. That's pretty, what? I'm pretty sure that that's a true fact. Hold on. You mean to tell me? That if you hadn't watched movies, you wouldn't dedicate hours of your life and hundreds of episodes to recording a podcast about said movies? You're right. I totally would have. Mind blown. Sometimes I don't even know it's real anymore. So, Jason. How many, uh, real quick, how yeah. many movies do you watch a day? 376. Jesus, that was fast? <laughs> I know. I just rain man the shit out of that. <laughs> 376 uh, VHS. No, I a daily, probably one. I usually put one on. When I get home from yeah. work, just to kind of put something in the background. I usually do that too, but I fall asleep because I'm older Same. than I look. <laughs> well, that's a funny reveal. I've never seen more than half of any movie <laughs> because I always just fall asleep. So I'm pretty sure Jurassic Park just ends with like dinosaurs getting loose in the park. And then it's everybody real, goes home? No, they all live happily ever after. Yeah, it's a real along. macabre movie. It basically <laughs> ends with the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex eating a lawyer. Right. And like then the credits roll. It's right. crazy. Spielberg is dark. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen Star Wars, um, but he gets off the desert planet. So do you do you so you said you usually watch a movie to I try fall to asleep too? No, I intend to watch the whole thing. Oh, so you don't put it on to like go to sleep. No, I I put it on to entertain myself <laughs> to and and relive you know like something or watch something new, uh, and but I I just uh, I can't. If I could train myself to be nocturnal, I would. But I have a child. I have sure. daily like I, I have during the day responsibilities. Of course, yeah, I understand that. Uh, but I, if I could stay up all night and sleep during the day, that would be my joy. I have to add on to that, and this is like a real thing, non-joke. Because growing up, I was always the biggest night owl. Mm-hmm. Like I was up till two or three in the morning watching movies. Some of the I best could. creative energy happens exactly three between three and five a.m. And yeah. then I had a kid. Uh, and then I so my daughter is about three. And then at um, three a.m., it's just anger and sadness. Yeah, it's yep. just yep. sadness mm-hmm. and crying out to whatever is up above us. We right. all have kids here. <clears throat> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, did you have that point when you when you're, you you just bring your baby home? And they're crying in the middle of the night, and the first thing you do is lean over your bed and cry as well. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. Well, because you lean over, and there's nothing you can do. It's like, I, I can't explain to you to stop crying. Yeah. I've tried to give you the things that I know will work, so the only thing I can do is rain my tears upon you at this point and hope that the steady stream of salt and sadness lulls you to sleep. While my while I convince my wife to like reswaddle you. While listening to your story, I'm thinking about Jason. Just said like, do you remember that time? Is there a point where that's supposed to stop? Like, am I not supposed to just like? <laughs> your kids are like 13. You're crying over them at night. Well, no, yeah. I mean, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, thank I'm, you to awkward sharing with Q. Welcome to that. New when podcast. I'm watching those movies, when I put them on at night, before I fall asleep, I do cry. Oh, okay, because perfect. I, I'm like, I'm never gonna get to the end of this. <laughs> I what remember happens a... to the brave little toaster? Does he make it? Does Blanky survive? 
She's a heated blanket. <laughs> That's so true. Jay, do you how many movies do you watch? I probably about I would say on average one ish. Uh, um, uh, yeah, one a day. I all, usually I mean tr- all the way through. On repeat. I well, okay, here's where it gets different for me now because I have a kid. So I have a three year old who gets obsessed with a singular movie. Mm-hmm. Um and so we'll watch the same movie every day, mm-hmm. which right now it's Mulan. Uh, which is fine because that's actually a pretty good movie. And I actually told you this one time we talked, Jason, is she got obsessed with Lion King 2, which you happen to be in. Yes. And so it was funny because I would watch that every day and then I would come on Tuesdays and record with Q and we'd do the Mars in a minute and it would just kind of connect that symbiotically in sure. my mind. But and yeah, he, he would scream out, I cut this out of the episode, but he would scream out, I can't get away from Jason Marsden! <laughs> and then you're here. <laughs> God damn it! Much to your chagrin. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll usually do like a, a movie, a, a, a I would say kid movie like a Wreck It Ralph or a, a Madagascar or a Lion King two or or Mulan, which is right now. And then usually uh, my wife and I'll put on a movie as we're going to sleep, which is where I never make it to the yeah, end. Sure. Now it's gotten to the point where I, I just scrutinize over. I mean, there's so many choices nowadays. I mean, oh, that's it's crazy. You know, and I and and I and I. I scroll through the movies I want to watch, and then I'm foreshadowing the movie as as I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, ah, I don't need to see it. I just thought about it in my head. Right. I but, remember yeah. every scene yes. in that. I don't need <laughs> to see Shawshank Redemption else. again. Yeah. Right, right. It's, it, it, and I usually will find, I'll fall back on something like way nostalgic that I, that I have seen like hundreds of times anyway, just because I know I'm not going to stay up for it. That was or, actually going to be my next question is, yeah. what do you fall back on? Because it's always that for me. Sure. It's something nostalgic or something I've seen a million times, so I can easily pay attention if I need to, yeah. or not if I don't. You know what I watched the other night? I watched Dick Tracy. You guys seen Dick Tracy? With Warren oh, Beatty? Yeah. With Warren Beatty, directed by Warren Beatty. I love that yeah. movie. Yeah. I've always loved that Co-starring movie. Co-starring Madonna? Co-starring yes. Madonna. And everybody else, Al Pacino and uh, um, Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman is great as Mumbles. Mumbles. Yes. M- Dust- the Dustin Hoffman Mumbles interrogation mm-hmm. scene is one of my favorites. It looks like they're just having a blast. Yeah. Well, the thing about that movie that I've always appreciated and loved is, you know, now we have it all the time where things are very stylized. or like mm-hmm. Watchmen, like with Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. Dick Tracy was one of the first ones where it felt like they attempted to make it look like a comic book. Yes. Uh, Batman with Tim Burton did that oh, a for lot sure. as well. Yeah. But for some reason, Dick Tracy with like the colors, the way that it was sort of plastered, the back matting that they used. Which they don't do anymore, man. They don't. That's the thing. They don't build mm-hmm. those type, mm-hmm. types of sets anymore. Mm-hmm. So that, that visceralness mm-hmm. that came with Dick Tracy, and then again, Warren Beatty's just one of the greats. Like Everything about that movie kind of shouldn't work but it totally does it gave those movies that tangible feel Mm -hmm. yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like people on real sets doing real things with real fake backgrounds sure (laughs) i (laughs) i i always thought that that would be like a great tv series so i have a fun story about that so i when i was a kid i worked on a tv show on the universal studios lot and they were shooting back to the future 2 at the time and dick tracy oh shit and they they utilized between the two of them they utilized the entire lot and this was back before like security was a thing, and I lived across the street from Universal Studios, so I would wow. go over on my bike, fuck, and hang out. And they're always shooting, even on the weekend. Um, and they did the whole like, if anyone's done like the Universal Studios tour, like the back lot that they go through, right. like the New York Street, that was all in Dick Tracy. They painted everything mm. primary colors wow. to be like in the uh, in the movies, uh, to be like the comic book, excuse me. And uh, and of course, uh, what. Dick Tracy's really known for is the makeup. Academy no. Award winners. Sure, absolutely. Cagalone and Drexler, amazing mm-hmm. makeup. And uh, 
in the show I was working on, I had a lot of I had makeup on as well. And this weird guy, I kept seeing this weird guy come up to me all the time. He had this big like nose, this slick down hair, and this, this kind of hunched over walking. He kept coming over and messing with me, and I kept thinking like, yeah, okay, whatever, dude, get away from me. I want to see Madonna. <laughs> I and I didn't realize till much later it was Al, Al Pacino. <laughs> Holy shit! Hold on, wait, wait, wait. You shunned Al Pacino. I shunned Al Pacino because you wanted to talk to Madonna. Well, no, I, I was Stranger Danger is what I was doing. Of course, here's a creepy large-nosed man with greasy hair. He's everything your mother warned you about. And he's whispering "hua" at me. I don't know why. Or in my case, every person my mother was like, "Yeah, I should go with that guy." Well, you'll be fine. Trust him. And that actually brings up. I'm curious about this, and I could probably Wikipedia it. And this isn't an interview, but. How young did you actually start start? I started when I was uh, t- uh, 11. My goodness. Yeah. Wow, okay. But I, re- I bring up Dick Tracy, not just for the story, but like that's nostalgia. Not just A little bit because I, was, I got to be on the set for some of it. Yeah, sure. that's awesome. But when I first saw it, when it first came out, I didn't like it. it oh, was, really? It was not, it was so, even though like I'm watching, like they, there was a lot of montages that just didn't fit. Yeah. Like they shot, they overshot a lot of stuff. But at the same time, I couldn't... St- Stop watching it. I had to, when it came out on video, finally, like months later, I watched it over and over again. Yeah. You can't get over the performances and the, the all the, the celebrities, the, the colors, the the pace of it. Madonna, who's like ridiculous. Yes, in it. very good. Um, and again, even like the little cameo, like Dustin Hoffman, he's not in it very long, mm-hmm. but his scene is so memorable and yeah. Al Pacino is so great in it. He's so um, <laughs> I have a similar thing with... with there was one Napoleon, <laughs> one... Washington won me. He's, but that's the Holy thing shit. That, Al Pacino's here for the 100th anniversary right. as well. Hoo-ah. 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 Holy shit, there's episode. two Al Pacino's. <laughs> Don't shrug your missiles, I'm blind. Yeah. I was in The Godfather. Nope, that was bad. That was Jay, everybody. Damn that it. was not Al Pacino. I'm sorry two. I couldn't trick you into thinking well, that Al Pacino was okay, here. Chris so, O'Donnell never thanked me. <laughs> what an asshole. That career that I gave him. I used to be big and now I'm thin. <laughs> That's my Chris O'Donnell impression, everybody. That's all I think got. he's wonderful. Um, but that's the movie's not television. Yeah. <laughs> I was big and stand by me, but now I'm thin and handsome. Uh, I don't so know why. From the topic, you're I'm thinking sorry. of Jerry O'Connell. I am. Yes. Also. I am thinking of Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> I was like, why am I when's he going to reference Batman and Robin? Why oh, wait, am I thinking he's of talking Jerry? about the wrong person. Got it. Yep. Oh, Jerry O'Connell. But he was fat and thin. So yeah. you're yeah. you're right on that fact. Great job. <laughs> There's a connection. Sure. So, Whatever. It's 100. I don't have to care anymore about I'll this. Tell you, I'll tell you what. Two movies kind of blend together to jump off of your Dick Tracy. Uh, the Rocketeer was another yes, movie that yes. I, that I super latched onto the I Joe Johnson flick. Times. Um, but those movies kind of ran parallel in yeah. my mind, um, not necessarily because they worked in like the same color scheme or style, but they had the same kind of weird pulpy comic book tactile feel, which mm-hmm. I think well, that's is what they were going thing. for at that time. Yeah. Exactly, the, I think they nailed it. Uh, uh, was it Alec Baldwin on the Shadow? The oh, Shadow. The shadow. Uh, the Shadow's such a the bad Phantom movie, with was Billy so Zane. Fun. Yes, that was, that's yeah. what's going next. Yeah. Well, that's the th- I think a part of that is it's all around that same time period. I know it's not the same years or decade, but sure. for us when we were watching it as a kid, it's like, oh hey, that's the that old time period. Mm-hmm. And I think that it kind of forges that connection. One for me that I watched over and over and over, like the Rocketeer, was um was Witches. Oh, oh yeah, the role. I the watched Roll Doll Witches adaptation. Oh, really? so with Angelica never, Houston. So many. Yes. Never saw it. Just read it for the first time with my son. And and in the book, like ninety percent of the book takes place in this one 
hall where the, all the witches are talking yeah. about how they're going to get rid of the kids. So I'm dying to see this movie to see. Oh, is, man. The, is the movie just it's, all? It's basically <laughs> that scene very is, similar. That yeah. scene is great. The yeah. scene in the hall with Angelica Houston oh, where they all. It's not the entire movie. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's not. They definitely expound upon it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and the kid, you know, he he gets transformed into a mouse and, yeah. and all that. That all happens. But they expand the movie beyond just that hall. But that hall is a a centerpiece of the movie, okay. and it's so good. Like is it's it really? real good. Okay, yeah. I mean that is this. I love this like tactile kind of conversation as mm-hmm. far as movies go. Another movie that is a huge favorite of mine, and I know is a, a favorite of yours, Jason, is Popeye. Yes, yeah. taking something that is animated and then adapting it into this like cool weird heightened reality Mm -hmm. like people are very cartoony but at the same time very real it's a weird balance but i feel like those kind of films aren't really happening anymore like that kind of well because well i mean you and i are an exception have you seen it Oh yeah, Jay? yeah. I mean, I like, love it. W- uh, well, that movie was her like a flop. When oh, it, came it out. was a tremendous flop. Nobody dug it. It Nobody killed Harry yeah. Nilsson's career, music yeah. career. Like, it did was, it really? Yeah, that was the last music that he put out ever. <laughs> Are you serious? That was it. It got him blacklisted. Like they were no, like, that's, yeah, that was just some beautiful songs. In and that what's movie. crazy is yeah. if if you look, they were critically panned. They said it has some Hell of the yeah. worst musical music mm-hmm. ever, which I think is crazy because that album I will it's listen good. to as just an album. It's good. It's good. Well, it's fun. Well, and well that's performed. the thing. It's interesting about that movie is that's one of the things that I think Dick Tracy did well was, you know, enabling that comic book style. One of the things that Popeye tried to do is it tried to make real life cartoons which always has that kind of uncanny valley mm-hmm. feel like we can do it now and i think it works really well in like who framed roger rabbit which mm-hmm. is one that I've... well there's actual animation exactly and i think yeah. that plays really well into that because of that the thing about popeye that i don't think people appreciate and i'm so glad that you and h brought it up in your episode q is that everyone in the movie especially robin williams knows what movie they're making they wanted it to be a cartoon I don't know. And I, and I love what H. Yeah. And I listened to that episode, by the way. Uh, oh, I, did. I actually thanks. listened. I, I think Flutter. I, I don't know if anyone else did. I listened to it. No one else did. You <laughs> you and Jay's mom. And that's yeah. it. Well, it's funny because I, I know that, that you asked the, your listeners to, to tweet me yeah. about certain things. <laughs> I feel pretty. And, and, and so many. what made me feel comfortable to actually come on the show is the fact that no one has ever actually tweeted me. Fantastic. Well, that's so like, because well, no one no listens one, to the show. <laughs> exactly. Our listeners, you're 100% are, correct. Our listeners are very uh, uh, insecure about Jay, themselves. Jay and I just repeatedly <laughs> listen to the show over and over. So any numbers that anybody's any any uh, demos that anybody's seeing, it's just us. But, but like pseudonym tweet accounts. Yeah. <laughs> just this <laughs> podcast is great. Signed, just, yeah. not Q. Just, <laughs> I like that your Twitter handle is not Q. Yeah. And uh, do you like how I make like movements for a very audio medium? Yeah. Like anybody seeing it, tick tapity tap tap tap. They're, they're both doing it now. Yeah. So what I was just saying, what I love, what 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 I noticed H kept saying all the time was, this is weird. Like it, it like almost made her a little uncomfortable because there is it, it's you know there. Robert Altman was trying to do like the squash and stretch of cartoons, but yeah. he's doing it with makeup and people. And you know that all everyone that they hired, all the extras were circus performers. Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah. I did know that. That is one of the most interesting things about that movie. One of the, um, and I can't think of his name right now off the top of my head. He was also the dad in The Grinch. 
Yes, um, I know. I know. I uh, he's he's been in a Blue uh, Heaven. Uh, yes, Blue Heaven. He's been so many. He's things. a fantastic yeah. actor, yes. but he is also a very well trained acrobat. So yes. he yeah. he does all huh. these amazing kind of Buster Keaton esque mm-hmm. acts throughout this movie as well. And that's one of the things that I I find most fascinating about those movies is not only can I watch Robin Williams and Shelley Duvall in the foreground, but I can watch all of the actors and extras in the background mm-hmm. doing a plethora of these just huge movements and people swinging from ladders back and forth. And it's just, it's such a visually exciting movie. And as a kid, when I watched it, that blew my, I wanted to live in that world. Oh, same. Yeah, oh, yeah. Same. oh yeah, of sweet, course. Sweet Haven. Well, and, and like when, just when you talked to it, you and H talked about it in the scene, like he, they squash the, the human and he like accordions or is mm-hmm. supposed right. to accordion. Let me put yeah. it that way. Supposed to accordion. And it's all done through like makeup and sound yeah. effects. And when it, he, uh, when Brut- Bluto punches Popeye and he does, and he cartwheels, it's not a cart. He's not cartwheeling. That's like a, uh, a mannequin <laughs> in a circle. And it is like, what's funny is when I was talking to H about it and she's bringing all this up, I'm like, you know, when you, yeah, when you mention it, it is kind of disturbing. It's right? disturbing and weird, but it's when I was five when I saw it, and I sure. dug the hell out of it. Oh, of course. Well, movies like that, and this is one I know you like and grew up with, but Dark Crystal. Oh, yes. man. Yes. That's the same thing. It's like, the one, the practical effects in that are, are spellbinding, but when you watch it as an adult, it's sort of off-putting. I'm not going to lie. Okay, so here's Very a... Very humanoid-looking yes. puppets, yes. Here's a weird story about this, and I don't know if either of you guys know this. If you do, please correct me. But I went and recently saw... Um, Fathom Events does an awesome thing where they'll bring back... I remember uh, you doing that. ...movies, and I, I went to see... Uh, the Dark Crystal for, I think it's the 30th, 35th anniversary or 45th anniversary, whatever. I went to see it in the theater, and they had this awesome intro video um, that explained a lot of behind the scenes about the movie. And originally, that movie was not in English. The entire movie was recorded in this made-up language. You told me that. Really? That Jim yeah. Henson had created to stay in character, and the whole thing was going to be was subtitled. Not. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> One hundred percent. And you have Here's to. Here's an idea I got, you guys. Hey, Frank, come over here. Hey, I'm yeah, Jim Henson. We're gonna do Elvis. So high. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm just so high. Although that it, that's the way you'd have to watch that movie if it was totally in subtitles and a fake language. I've never heard that. Yeah, and it blew my mind. So I'm watching it. And so I'm, you're saying they shot it like that and then redubbed it? Yes. In English? The studio. Yeah. The studio watched it and said, "No way." No way really? is anybody going to watch this fucking movie. <laughs> Which, and we have got to recoup some money out Which, of by this. the way, let me put this out there. That's a time the studio probably made the right call. <laughs> For sure. Because I'm going to be honest, even in English, as much as I love that movie, boy, does it dragon's <laughs> yeah. points. So as I'm watching it, and I'm now with this new perspective as I'm watching the movie, and I'm just like, holy shit. There were points in this movie where people are just straight up speaking gibberish. They're like, <laughs> and I'm like, I can't watch that for what felt like three and a half hours, but it's actually only like an hour and 45 minutes. But um, yeah, so then I'm just like, holy shit. First off, I admire the hell out of any sort of weird creative tangent. Jay, that's how you and I got started. Exactly. I mean, honestly, if we're if we're thinking back to the early episodes of the show, our first two episodes were completely in gibberish. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So and it was then, like, welcome to High Five the Podcast. And then the studio acquired us yeah. and said, 
no fucking way anybody's going to listen to this. And you know what? We dubbed it in English. <coughs> Fuck you, studio. They still didn't listen. Unfortunately, that studio was Orion, so they were way gone by the time was, that, that happened. Wow. So, there's a reference. I'm impressed. I, I dig deep on oh this podcast. Gosh. You've listened. You know. Wow, we dig deep wow. on here. So what were some of the movies that you, Jason, watched? Um, Jason Marston. That's Jason Marston. Right. Actual Jason Marston. Uh, what were some of the movies that you watched? You know, I know you've named a couple, but that really kind of opened your mind to what movies could be. Well, I, I mean, I've been wanting to talk about it for the last 10 minutes. I mean, uh, going off of Popeye, I loved the movie Annie. Mm. The original musical. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, Alien Quinn, Albert Finney. I mean, oh Albert! Finney. I know I have I had way too much estrogen for a male, oh, male man. child. It, but I love musicals. That's my jam. Uh, you're talking I mean, to the right people, awesome, by the awesome. way. Q, is, Q a, is a huge musical. It's a diehard fan. musical. You fan. mentioned the Little Shop, which which was another and oh, labyrinth. Seminal, I mean, for sure. But but Annie, like like I remember um, when HBO first came online and it was like a box that you you know you yeah. got and that's sure. all that's all it was it was it was like the apple tv but all they had was hbo sure okay <laughs> and um and they didn't have a lot of content so they had they had annie and annie played a few times and i loved it i couldn't wait to go my mom would, would uh, i'd live with my grandparents for the most, sounds weird I'd live with my grandparents in an apartment building down the hall my mom would call me to come over and watch annie sure which i did and i and i loved it so much i would even Tell my my friends at school when I was in first grade, like, oh yeah, I was a nanny. Like, who who are you a nanny? I'm like, remember when she uh, when she escapes and she uh, finds Sandy and the, and the 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 boys and she try, she beats up the boys. I'm the boy that she punches in the stomach and he lands in the trash can. <laughs> like you are, and I'm like I am. I knew all the songs. I sang all the songs. I love Alien it. Quinn. Um, it was the first fan letter I ever wrote. Do you um, remember what it. you wrote in it? I, I have to put you on the spot and I ask don't, that. I don't okay. remember, but I remember. That's totally fine. I remember I wanted to give her a necklace that I had. My mom's like, "Don't do that." <laughs> but she still she performs in Burbank, California, wow. at Joe's Bar and Grill, which I haven't seen it, but my friends tell me about it all the time. What? Uh, 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 Alien Quinn and the Leaping Lizards. What? Yeah. And I am. I'm. Oh, I we're hope, tracking I, this down. I know. Jay. I hope to. to I, I hate going back to L.A., but if I. When I do, I hope. I like that you had the faculties to lie about a credit that you had not yet achieved. No, I'm totally in Curly Sue. You know, I'm like one of the boys in the class. You know, like look at me. Look at me, Jason Marsden. Look at me. Al, your version of first grade Jason Marsden is like a asshole Brooklynite. Hey, hey, I'm Rocky. Here's my arithmetic, bitch. That's amazing. That's exactly know. what he it's said. It's so he hard. But Annie, now, now going back to Annie, like I loved it as a kid. I didn't re- recognize as. Uh, until I got older watching it again but like that's a kind of movie they don't make anymore yeah they tried it with what was the the Ryan uh, Gosling La 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 Land did you guys uh, I didn't love it I'm not a big fan I enjoyed it for what it was sure I don't don't think it was as fantastic as everyone claimed but I do kind of feel like everyone wanted it to be that good because of what you're about to talk about well I wanted more I wanted more dancing I wanted more Big, giant, uncut, choreographed numbers mm-hmm. like they have in, in Annie. Are we coming in clear? Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, they, like they had in Annie. Uh, uh, just... Well, what do you think of um, the Les Miserables that they did? There was the big thing where they actually recorded them singing you know, on I set. I dug it because I just, I'm a sucker for I that I also shit. dug it. That's a good story. It's a good movie, good actors. I mean, Hathaway kills it in kills it. Kills it. That I one, think Russell Crowe was really shot. good. Russell um, Crowe's okay. He's fine. Uh, Hugh, Jackman, Hugh Jackman is amazing. He's amazing. Well, he's, a, he's, yeah. Come on. He's we, a real triple threat. We love the Jack. I yearn to actually make a movie like that. I love musicals. I, I want to do something with lots of choreography. Yeah. 
very few, very few cuts. Just, everyone works so hard. Yeah, yeah. Work on this if you want to see it. You know. Well, of course. Well, that actually, this isn't based on inspiration, but where do, where do you land on the like the live musicals that happen now? Do you watch those? No, is that like event you haven't? Because I remember growing up when you mentioned Annie, the thing that I thought of immediately for one or, for whatever reason was the Peter Pan. Oh yeah, the old Mary oh, Martin. Sure. Mary Martin. Yeah. I loved that. I watched. I think we recorded that, and I watched it yeah. a hundred times. That, yeah. For whatever reason, when you were talking about Annie, that made me remember sure. that, which then made me remember that they're doing it live now. Sure. And so, I haven't watched. I watched one, I think, and it was like, eh, you know, fine. and what did you? I watched the Christmas Story one that came out recently. Oh, that's not yeah. the one. I, that's the not musical the one adaptation. I watched, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I watched. You think of that? Um, I was mostly. I didn't love it, but I was fascinated how. It was all okay. It's live, yeah, and they're utilizing interior and exterior sets in yeah. a back lot. Yep. yep, and like, if you got you guys are filmmakers, you've done things. I mean, it's sure. fucking hard yeah. to, to yeah. get like, all that shit together the, for a live show for yep. a two-hour thing. I was way impressed. Uh, I the the production manager on that or whoever was choreographing the movements and we usually the, extra, the choreographer, yeah. With that, with that, that no, I don't mean choreographing the dances, but like the production of it, like moving from the, the director. The, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I love that. I love that you followed that right after he said, eh, "You guys know movie stuff, right?" You know, you know that guy who directs things. Uh, what is who, he called? Who's like giving uh, the direction? I don't. Whatever. That whatever. that fucking guy, the in charge man. <laughs> but like it, that to me is incredibly impressive. Especially like the Peter Pan one that was was recent with Allison Williams. Mm-hmm. I thought the same type of thing. They're just like moving from set to set. Incredible and it's, it's live yeah. and it's. The the expanse of it is impressive. Whether regardless of what you think about the content of the program. So speaking of movie musicals and kind of television adaptations with Peter Pan, I do have to ask about one that was really important to me. So my grandmother used to do this thing when I went over to her house. She would pre-record things off of television that she thought I would enjoy. Amazing. And then she would make me a snack and she would be like, I recorded this off of the television set for you. It was amazing. She was adorable. She was an amazing woman. And uh, she recorded this 80s television version of Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. That had like Sherman Hemsley and (laughs) Carol Channing. (laughs) And uh, that was an amazing, it had Sammy Davis Jr. as the caterpillar. Yep, yep. Doing this amazing (laughs) song and dance. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it had one of the most fucking terrifying Jabberwockies I've ever seen in my entire life. And that, speaking of things that inspired us, that inspired me to want to pee myself. (laughs) I was going to say, to never meet a Jabberwocky. Because when I was a kid, um, they had this kind of weird thing. And that was something that I feel like kind of went in the 80s and 90s that they were able to get away with. Is they could go so dark with kids programming. Mm. And everybody was just like. I missed that. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the kids will be fine. No, but I, I really do miss like the, the Don Bluth movies. For sure, they had went... a darkness to them. I mean, I, oh, I, I when American you think Tale. of American Tale, definitely. But when I think back Secret on like of Secret of Nim, yeah, is yeah. super dark and scary. Oh, yeah. um, All dogs go to heaven, crazy dark, and like villains could smoke cigars back then on television. Oh, sure. It was it was it was nuts. But it was one of those that I look back on like American Tale or Secret of Nim as one that I think I watched. Well, triple a stabbing digits. and they have like animated blood. It's the yeah. first time I saw like that in an animated movie. Yeah. And it's not and I'm not even talking about the ones that like were made quote unquote for adults like Watership Down or The Hobbit. Like mm-hmm. they were made by those studios to be sure. like, oh well this is a movie and it can be bloody. Like watching All Dogs Go to Heaven is like this is kind of traumatizing, but I'm sort of learning mm-hmm. lessons in the darkness of the world as I'm watching it. And then I've got the Disney on the flip side. 
to sort of counterbalance that. We don't have any counterbalance now. I find myself just being in a critical mind as I get older, almost having to turn off that critical mind to just watch movies. Well, I'm more critical now, especially I, with like current movies. That's where I was going to They don't with live that. up to. I, I think I. Yeah. You probably agree with me, having listened to you guys talk about it. Like they don't live up to some of the movies we're talking about. I agree. I you know, agree. They're a lot like. Uh, um, and <laughs> you talk about like people yelling at the at the the radio when we're listening, um, but you're so right about like the Star Wars stuff. Like I think the problem is that there's now there's too much, and I think yeah. Disney's they're 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 too excited. Their accountants are too excited about let's keep pumping them out and making that money. We're not we're not really caring about the quality anymore. Sure. Well, and that actually you bring up a really interesting point that relates to an article I read recently about um, Skyscraper that just came out. So we did an episode last week about how we enjoyed you liked it. it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I liked really it. Liked I related it. it to Eraser with mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger from 96 yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Holly, it's the, uh, not Halle, uh, who's uh, the... Vanessa, Vanessa Williams. Vanessa oh, yeah. Williams. Yeah. Uh, uh, pseudo We're Vivica A. Fox. We're just going to run through all of no. the... It was Vanessa Williams. Yeah. For sure. Not Vivica A. Fox, but they're the same person. Right. Um, <laughs> Never seen them in a room together. I'm just saying. I mean, just saying. <laughs> just saying. But we liked that movie... But it bombed. It, I don't want to say bombed, but it didn't do well in the box office. And a lot of yeah, yeah, and a lot of people are claiming because it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson fatigue. He's been in like four movies oh, this yeah, year. Rampage He's got, and Jumanji. Yeah. How did he, how did he work that out? Exactly. Well, and that's well, the thing. Was one not released in on time or something? Is that's unusual? It 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 is I have very no odd. Idea. I think he because he was a focal point in all of them. Yeah, it's I, not a matter of just like scheduling, right? I have and no heavy idea. heavy effects, and there's no way they could have shot all those at the same time. Oh, no. No, no, no. I, I agree. And I, I'm not sure, like, the timing-wise of it, but I know that it didn't do as well as expected, and people are theorizing that it was that fatigue. And I, you know, I had claimed in an earlier episode about Star Wars fatigue. I'm one of the biggest Star Wars fans ever. I same, think yeah. One of the movies that inspired me that we'll talk about later is A New Hope. Like, that one changed the way that I watch movies, but nowadays it's everywhere. I can't, like, I can't pick up a fucking gogurt box for my kid without seeing bb8 on it right it, it's it's over selling it's almost more commercialized than passion well, let's talk about that for a second because like a new hope is is a almost unanimous unanimously most filmmakers like like wake up call to like wow yeah. I've never seen anything like this before how groundbreaking sure. i want to do something like this mm. how, what is there anything that they're doing now that that's like that. I mean, for me, like Alejandro, uh, uh, I'm going to, who did the Revenant. Oh uh, yes. Um, in Iri, in Irin Yatu or something like that. Yeah. That fantastic director. Who, yes. I mean like yep. that one very innovative yes. stuff like that stuff inspires me. I'm like, wow, I like long un- uninterrupted takes. I, I am a sucker for a, a long yeah. take. Yeah. Like I remember, uh, what was that Kira Knightley movie? Um, about the war and her and, I say you and McGregor. Oh, uh, you know what I'm talking about yeah. though. They have that. Joe Walsh is the director of that, uh-huh. and every movie he does, he did Pride and Prejudice. He did the one that we can't remember. Um, every movie that he does has a long, um, a tracking shot, mm-hmm. and I'm a sucker for tracking shots because yeah. I, as I've gotten older and as I've just delved more and more into film, I've become wholly attracted to the construction and the artistry behind Joe, it. Joe Wright. By the way. Oh, Joe thank Wright. you. I said Walsh, didn't I? Yeah. The guitarist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joe Wright, thank you. <laughs> From the Eagles. <laughs> yes. He directed this. <laughs> he did. It was great. Um, I forget where I was going with that. But I would say, yeah, I love the artistry behind it. So when The Revenant came out, mm-hmm. and I, I found out or I read that they did it all with natural light. Yep. 
just that little tidbit was like, wow, that's really cool that you did that and pulled off something that's this amazing and watchable that all the aspects work together. Well, I sure. think that's kind of what makes some of these movies that we're nostalgic for, what makes them hold such high esteem for us in general is um, ex- filmmakers were experimenting. Yeah. Uh, studios were allowing filmmakers to experiment. Um, once again, not to keep bringing it back to Popeye, but I'll always bring it back <laughs> to Popeye. The studio allowed Robert Altman to make a Robert Altman yeah. of all people to make a live action cartoon movie mm-hmm. um, in Malta, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> with a bunch of circus people. Yeah, right. yeah at yeah, at a musical. Yeah, uh, experimental indeed. Like, it, well, there wasn't as many. Definitely not as much as resources besides sure, money. Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, I, I mean, like... and nowadays, you know, you talk. We talked about experimenting. I think where everyone's is really focused is experimenting in the, like the technologies. Like, oh, what can we do with CGI, or sure. what can we do with you know, um, you know, what, how can we bridge that? that yeah. Yeah. yeah, how can we bridge that uncanny valley? And I'm gonna do a you know a Christmas story reboot, and it's all gonna be mm-hmm. you know CGI sure. and 3D and all that. And I, and I think that's where people are focused. Where if it were me, I would prefer us focus on storytelling sure. advancements. Like, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I've talked to a friend of mine who has, but that's Sorry to Bother You uh, that, that oh, yeah. has come out recently. About that. Yeah. It was made by a musician, so haha, the Joe Walsh thing makes sense. Um, <laughs> it was made by a musician, and it's extremely experimental in story structure, mm-hmm. and apparently it's amazing. It pushes the boundary of what film is able to accomplish. I remember uh, years ago when I watched Holy Motors – it sort of did the same thing with story structure and I've never heard of that one. Oh, it's great. It's 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 a foreign film, but it's it's great. So Holy Motors, highly recommend it. Hey, what? Jay, you know what time it is. I do know what time it is. It's time for the Marston minute. Jason, do you know what time it is? I I actually do. I recognize <laughs> the uh, Yeah. Perfect. We should Marsden Minute. We should Marsden Minute. Jason Marsden. In a minute. Jason Marsden. In a minute. Jason Marsden. In a minute. Jason Marsden. Dash daring. Courageous and caring, faithful and friendly, with stories to share. All right, so we're going to do this Marsden Minute a little bit different than we do most of Marsden Minutes. Normally, we would talk about you, Jason, and uh, since you're here, that feels very uncomfortable. We're not going to do that, yeah. So instead, to make things totally not uncomfortable, we're going to ask that you say very nice things about us for a minute. So we're going to sit back and just let you... (laughs) Just let you lavish us with your praise... And uh, unfettered, just love adoration. Of, I thought it was gonna be. I get to talk do. about my. I get to talk about how I love myself. But I do. No, that. no, 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 we, no, no, we, no. We do that enough. I did that in the car before I came in. We here. told you okay. you'd get to pitch some stuff, but we completely <laughs> lied about all of that. All right, all right, JQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you guys are amazing. You're one of the best podcasts. I love how you drink and sink like you just did just now, and even put the glasses down at the same time. There's a brotherhood. Uh, I love how a, you rhymed that. A synergy that happens here. Uh, yeah, I'm a poet, and I didn't realize. <laughs> Nailed it. Bam. Strong drop. Uh, yeah, amazing it. podcasters, uh, very knowledgeable, uh, fantastic hairstyles. Uh, Ooh. Great, great choice of glasses. Oh, my Thank gosh. You. Definitely, Thank definitely. You. Your improv skills are on point. I'm loving this. Um, this is my favorite Marsden Minute. Yeah. This is I, the I, best I'm... one. <laughs> Jason, All would of you... future your, your... Marsden Minutes are going to be you and me complimenting each other. <laughs> For sure. Your tastes in, in Marsden's are impeccable. I mean, you could have gone 
James Marsden, of course. Who's uh, that? At, at, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, what? I think there's an Ian Marsden. I think he's, he's a British actor. He's been in a few movies and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Could have easily been the point of your focus. If we had a high, if we had a rank, a top five Marsdens, I'm pretty sure you'd be close to the top. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Like, you'd thank be you in so there much. for sure. Right, right, right. One, 100% for sure. Awesome, um, awesome. I, well, probably I, near the top. I will strive when I leave here to try to <laughs> get close to the top there. But, uh, <laughs> so thank you very Has much. Has it been for a minute that. yet, for Christ's sake? <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks like this minute still has about 35 about more minutes left. 87 more seconds to go. That's uh, a minute, yeah. right? No, well, thank you, Jason. We really appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate you putting up with us doing our weird Marsden Minute. Well, thank you. Weekly. I came on the show hoping that maybe you put a stop to it. Can we get to be the last Marsden Minute? No. Can we move on to something else? This no. is it. No, no. I think we should. From the here Marsden, on out. We're going to do Marsden no, no, no. two minutes. No, no, no. Here, here, no, no, no. I've got here's, it. Here's my pitch. Do you guys watch ever watch Blossom? Yeah, oh, of course. Um, the the actress who played Six. Yep. Her name is Jenna Von Oy. Yep. She also lives here in Nashville. Perfect. And I think you should have a Jenna Von Oy minute. Perfect. And okay. We'll, we'll bug That's her it. to get her I on, love on it. the show. I love it. Jason Marsden <laughs> pitched it. It's true. It's fact now. We've yep. written it into law. So here's the deal. We're going to start. This Jenna, is, coming for you. This is a Jenna Van Oy moment. Starting right now, and from now on, we need everybody to tweet. <laughs> your favorite Their chili review- recipes. <laughs> your reviews of I Feel Pretty. Your favorite Jason Marsden movie. Pictures of your hair. <laughs> That's my favorite. And uh, and a picture of the last thing you built with connects. To Jenna Vanaway. And we're going to find out her <laughs> social media information, and uh, we'll post it in the, the copy on this episode. By the way, sure. if anyone is listening... I mean, I would if really, I would, I would, I wouldn't mind. I would, I would just want to, I'm curious to get pictures of hair. Let us know. Let us know. Let I don't know if you Jason know this, but Jason know. Marston is a world famous hairstylist. So send him pictures Listen. of your hair. And I, I, you know, you complimented mine. lined up. <laughs> I have funny. to compliment your hair as well. I think thank it's, you, I think you. it's wonderful thank today. You. Shea butter. Right. It's over here. It and it's great. Nice Interesting day. enough that we had shea butter to put on your hair because you're tied up. Thank you. So, Thank you. so I think it's uh, totally fitting that as as the namesake of the Marsden Minute, Jason has now chosen our next minute. We've passed the torch. You have. If you will. And you have set yourself free. So <laughs> congratulations. We'll, we'll see about that. We'll awesome, see. Awesome. Um, so back to the topic at hand. Yeah. Uh, yes. Movies. Movies that have inspired us and brought us up. Uh, that we kind of grew on and and have loved and cherished and we've talked about everything we're kind of stuck tonight. In the 80s. Do you guys want to? We go have to, is totally. There anything else? Yeah, let's go past the 80s. Let's go into 1990. Ooh. <laughs> what a good year. Um, so I know Jason, you're a big Batman fan. Yes, I'm a big Batman yes. fan. Um, I just want to get your take. I'm a I'm a big Batman fan in the sense that there is something, and Jay and I have had this argument before. There is something that I love about all of the Batman movies. And I know that that's kind of a, a questionable take. Sure. Um, I found things to enjoy of all. Now, I want you to settle a debate for me that okay. Jay and I have talked about. <laughs> I think I know where you're going. Joel, there has been articles that have been written at length, essays, if you will, about Joel Schumacher's Batman yes. movies that have both tried to say that it was totally intentional and tonally he was trying to get something akin to the 60s Batman series. Mm-hmm. But then there's also been stories that are just like, no, he just made a shitty movie. <laughs> uh, I tend to fall on the side of, I think, I think all in all, he made a questionable movie. <laughs> but I do feel like it indeed kind of hit along the lines of that, especially... Uh, 
uh, Batman and Robin. And that's the it, one. It rusted a, metal Batman. <laughs> that's no, the, the one the I... floor, it's rusted. It's metal. It's full of holes. <laughs> oh my God, it's Robin. <laughs> Robin's here. <laughs> yeah, the, so... The, I've heard that, that it was intentional. Uh-huh. I mean, Joel Schumacher is a... I buy it because he is a... Uh, he's a graduate of like fine art, fine art or like fashion. Sure. I mean, he's he, that's his sure. background. It's, it's weird seeing like one of my favorite movies growing up... Uh, growing up... Uh, one of my favorite movies of his was Falling Down. Oh, oh I love Falling Down. And the contrast of the movies he makes are, are, yeah. are crazy. I'm all over the place with Schumacher and what yeah. my opinions are of him. Yeah. All over the place. Yeah. But I, uh, so a couple of fun stories there. So uh, when I was doing Step by Step, mm-hmm. we were on the same lot as they were shooting Batman and Robin. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. And, uh, and uh, it was Batman for Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. I, now okay. let me. I loved Batman Forever. It's Batman and Robin. I have a that problem. you had a problem with. Oh, yeah. I have a problem. I'm gonna I'm gonna shout as I get more whiskey. You guys want no, more do whiskey? it. Oh yeah. Um, I'll bring it back over here. No, you're totally fine. Keep going. This is um, fine. I love we it. We got a hot mic. You can talk this pretty much just, anywhere. Uh, we got a hot mic. We got hot hosts. I remember being hot so so jazzed about the thought of Batman forever. Like I didn't care. Val Kilmer. Absolutely. Why not? Okay. Joe oh, Carey. Yeah. He's going to sell it. It's going to be fantastic. For sure. Tommy Lee Jones. Great. Uh, the art, I collected all the artwork before mm-hmm. it came out, the t-shirts and whatnot. And I saw it and I was like, so disappointed because <laughs> my Batman was the Tim Burton Batman dark right. and not, not comedic and whatnot. So I went downhill for me, uh, after that. But uh, when I was, uh, when I was doing step by step, they were shooting Batman forever mm-hmm on the Warner Brothers lot and I snuck on the set every chance I got. Oh, I mean, I would have to. Oh, yeah. And I saw uh, uh, one of the scenes with, uh, you good? You that was more? an actual I, sound of whiskey. I, 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 I definitely want some more whiskey. Thank you. There's some more. This is all, this is podcast gold. We're doing a, what guys. do they call that? ASMR? Yeah, is that are. like the, that's like where people listen to like the weird sounds and, and whispering. Is that a thing? Oh yeah, yeah, it's called it, what is is that it I ASMR? It is something like that where like I think small they're called, sounds of, like people eating oh, or okay. people like crunching paper or whispering and like people really? just listen to you it. You know what people originally got turned on to it by Bob Ross. Bob Ross, they credit as one of the original ASMR type things. People will listen to Bob Ross painting mm-hmm. and his very like soothing kind of quiet. It's talking. all about relaxation. What does ASMR stand for? You know what? I'm going to look it up. You guys vamp for yeah, a minute. Well, you were telling us a story about sneaking onto yes. Batman, so uh, Batman Forever. Snuck on the set of Batman Forever, saw Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones doing a scene where they're being villains and laughing maniacally. Right. And I was, I'm sorry, I was doing Full House. Uh, and I and I was rushed back to the set. I uh, went into makeup and I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, I just saw Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. Jim Carrey was in his Riddler outfit and Bob Saga goes, you saw Jim? Where? I'm like, over here in stage 12. He's like, take me. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So we, I take Bob Saget down to the stage and uh, there's no one there. They'd wrapped. Um, but we walk by Jim Carrey's trailer. I'm like, oh, there's a trailer right there. And Bob knocks on the trailer door and I'm, I'm like horrified. I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> I didn't realize later that I didn't realize at the time Jim Carrey had been a stand-up. Yeah, they're stand-ups. Yeah, so stand-ups. They, they knew each other from there. So Jim Carrey opens the door in his full Riddler outfit. Oh, my God. Invites us. It's him and his like assistant. Like the green latex? The green latex. Oh, my question God. marks all over it. And they invite us in. And I'm just like this fly on the wall. And, and like, hey, Bob, Bob, how you doing? And Jim, you're doing good. And, and Jim asked Bob Saget, <laughs> he's like, how's Dave Coulier? And Bob said, oh, man, he's good. But his mouth is so sore because he's been blowing me all day. <laughs> 
love that Bob Saget is filthy just all, all the, the time. time. It's not just part of his. No, act. no, I just think he would. He came into. I was. We were in our dressing rooms and. And he came in and asked Scott Winger for a pen. He's like, hey, can I have that pen? Because I want to uh, shove it up my ass. Thank you. And like, he's, just, he's like a Tourette's just, all the time. I love it. So I'm yeah. into it. Yeah. Awesome and crazy and great. So yeah. I do have to ask, though, was that just fucking genius casting on the, on the part of the studio? They're like, okay, we're going to take this comedian who is well known for just his dirty material. And we're just going to make him maybe the most wholesome, squeaky clean well, man. Me, Did they the know the at the time it was dirty material? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe not. Well, my understanding, and you actually Jason might be able to correct me if I'm wrong in this, but my understanding was that Saget got signed to do a show like other comedians. So like a Seinfeld or Everybody Loves Raymond sure. or Home Improvement, where it would be based around his comedic presence. But then they realized it was more profitable to do a family-friendly show, so they based it around the family. It, am I way off base on that? That's how I've I understood haven't, it. I haven't heard that, but... But here's how I think you're right, because actors will get what they call holding deals. So, mm-hmm. like, the, someone could have conceivably saw him at, you know, uh, the improv. And well, was he, like, was, uh, he was the, um, oh, crap, the, uh, nope. the guy who performed before Bosom Buddies. Oh, he was the warm-up guy. He was the warm-up comic on oh, Bosom. Oh, really? Yes, and oh, that's where, that. that's where they here. saw him. Really? Okay. See, he was the warm-up comic on, Bo- on, Bo- well, on Bosom Buddies. That was a long time And I think the, pro- the producers were related. Sure, okay. And so they Makes brought sense. Saget on. They're like, oh, he's a great comedian. Mm. He's he's fantastic. Mm. We should bring him on. Yeah. And then the show just changed after he got on board. Makes perfect was sense. Was my yeah, understanding. Yeah, you'll get a holding deal, and they'll attach you to certain pilots, and it's probably like they paid him already. And he's like, right. well, I'm going to do this. And then it turned out to be a show that I watched all the time. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> that is crazy. I yeah, didn't even what, think about that. I could be completely wrong, but that's my understanding of it. I have one more story, and then do I want to hear, hear your justification yeah. on the Batman movie. Uh, Batman and Robin, the George Clooney one. Again, Remember? snuck on the set every chance I got. Saw it. I remember invited like 13 people to the AMC Theater in Burbank to go nice. see it, and I was nice. so disappointed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, this is when I was working on Step by Step. I'm sorry. I'm just like name dropping and dropping, naming all the shows I've done. People. No, it's cool. Hold on. <laughs> Give us a second. We're going to do it too. Jason Marsden. High five the podcast. Jason Marsden. Hey, High I'm Jason Marsden, 90s pop culture guy. It's me. For real, you guys. Joey, seriously, you've got to fix that fucking impression. It sounds terrible. You Look guys. at me. <laughs> it's Mr. Jason Beasley. Marsden. I was on Step by Step. You remember me from the Full House. I dated DJ and was the nerd with the V-neck sweaters. I have all the thigh masters in the world. I was on the Step by Step with cousin Cody who lived in the garage. By the way, I fucking watched all these shows religiously. So just so you know, and I, and I can Boy, tell because you've nailed it. Boy Meets World was like weekly viewing in my house. Well, I, yeah, it gives on every week. I was obs- well, yeah, I was obsessed with that show. It's amazing. Right. So on. like all. No, the- I didn't. I never touched a panga. So I was. So we're That's doing step shame. by step, and uh, uh, ER had. It was on. Was on there. No, George Clooney was finished with ER. I thought you said Eeyore, like from Pooh. E- it was <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> yeah, Eeyore was there. He was, he he was on. He parked in front of my trailer, Clooney. and I hate that guy. He's got that so nail swell, in his yeah. tail. Fucking weirdo. Weirdo. I'm sorry. I parked in front of your trailer again, Jason. <laughs> they just don't pay me. Oh, okay, whatever. I'm late. <laughs> Get out of my way, Eeyore. Life is pain. <laughs> 
It's so I had, because I'm a Batman fan, I had action figures and whatnot. I of had, course. I had the George Clooney like Bruce Wayne action. Yeah. Figure. Um, they're they're shooting some exteriors of ER in the back lot. I go, I want to get him to autograph my my uh, my action figure, and uh, I'm like, uh, hey George, you want me? Would you mind signing this? He's like, oh, you mean the franchise that I buried? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> wow, Clooney yeah. was pretty cognizant of uh, he thought he blames himself the... for that whole thing. Really? Yeah. Well, he's yeah. not wrong. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's totally not wrong. <laughs> he was shooting that at the exact same time he was doing ER. So he would do. That's crazy. Yeah. He would, wow. like, like Michael J. Fox doing Back to the Future. He would right. do you know the show, and then at least he was on the same lot. And then right. Put on the bad. I can't even imagine thing. trying to like flip flop like that. And then you just walked over and cameoed on Friends. He probably did that as well. Probably. I love George Clooney. And come on, high five. Doing? He's a legend. Loves George Clooney. It, George, uh, high five is is positive on George. So now Clooney. you want to hear me defend? Yep. Yes. All right. So please do. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, My at- feelings for this podcast have run cold. <laughs> Everybody freeze. Mr. <laughs> uh, Vester Stallone, I'm here too. Hey, Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Hey, I'm Vin Diesel. <laughs> I am Groot. Dungeons and Dragons Groot. Frozen Room. Frozen Groot. Boiler Room Fast and Furious. Uh, So with those, with the Batman movies, the Burton Batman movies are, of course, my favorites. Yes. Um, But I will say my Batman is Adam West. Batman. He's a great Batman. That is my, that is, even though that, that totally wasn't my era or generation, somehow that I connected the most with that. Yeah. So um, even the Burton Batman movies, I lo- I love them, but I always related Batman more to this kind of like comedic, weird, like the campy thing. Yeah. So when I saw the Schumacher movies, obviously uh, they could have benefited from uh, about twenty five more people writing those scripts. <laughs> uh, How about twenty five more people editing those, sure. those scenes? Um, so. If, to me, I felt like they had a vision mm-hmm. because I I do like Joel Schumacher as a uh, artist. Sure, I like yeah. him as a creator. Mm-hmm. I think he has an interesting take on things. I do feel like it was a situation where there were a shit ton of studio notes, yeah, and the yeah. movie got picked apart. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and it got changed. And then you've also you're dealing with big names like your Arnold Schwarzeneggers who have you know uh, I've got this great idea for this thing. I think my character should have this. You know, you should paint me blue. And uh, so I feel <laughs> I like sparkled. it it suffered on those angles. But I do feel like it it if if in, if watched in tandem with watching the 66 Batman and then going and directly watching the Shoemaker movies, it kind of does feel the same. Like they kind of hit this weird, like so over, it's like when a joke goes on too long and then it kind of comes back around and becomes family. (laughs) I almost said family. It comes back and becomes family again. Uh, When it comes back and becomes funny again, it felt like that. Like they went so far over the top that it then, in certain points, kind of looped back around and was like, okay, I kind of get where you're going with this. Maybe I needed more of a warning or something. Not that not that there weren't clues given out, but but it was so weird. And this is how this business fucking works, man. It's like like when Batman came out, June 1989, it was like the number one fucking movie, mm-hmm. like the one blockbuster movie. And then what do the studios do? They wanna they wanna do another one. They do right. another one. 
Stylistically, it looked different. I love Batman Returns. I was I was about one to the say best performances of Danny DeVito. And I oh for opinion. sure agreed mm-hmm. agreed. I even think Michelle Pfeiffer kills it oh, in that movie. What seminal Catwoman performance outside of the originals? You Just know? the pussy I've been looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. It's so good. Well, and, and I was actually going to mention that I think while I'm not on Team Schumacher, I do think the Schumacher films almost were handed a losing hand by having to follow Batman Returns. Well, sure. Because Tim Burton had such a clear vision, tone, voice, style. And he style. was a producer on the other ones, too. I wonder if yeah. I was just like, oh, thanks for the check. Exactly. <laughs> and I, and I, I, have have to, a, I have to I have a feeling that, yeah. that was probably to, the case. Sure. But I, I will agree with you, Jason, <laughs> in that um, it does... The, the movie does feel like it was a shocking divergence from yes, the yeah. previous. So I do feel like it would have benefited from maybe marketing it as such, like not as a, Hey, this is a direct sequel to the Tim Burton well, movies. Now it, Cause well, it was, it, it was because they, yeah. they referenced, uh, Selena, uh, excuse me. Um, I think they referenced Mac, how they were, they, they referenced, referenced Max Shrek. Yeah. Max Shrek and, uh, the Kim Basinger character, the, uh, Oh, uh, the, the reporter, Vicky Vale, Vicky Vale. Yeah. Uh-huh. They referenced that. I'm like, so it's supposed to be in that universe, it but is. it's not the fucking same universe. It, and they and nowadays we're so used to the like the reboot mentality. Mm-hmm. So Spider Man has done it, and we don't bat an eye, right? But yeah. that didn't exist back then. Like mm-hmm. in the '90s, the idea of rebooting a franchise that mm-hmm. had happened five years ago would have been absurd. Yeah, it would have been ludicrous Especially to say that soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To be like, oh, we just made one of these six years ago. We're not going to recast it and reboot it and tell people it's a new version. Sure. That's stupid. Well, nowadays we're doing it like every two years. It seems like, but back then, I agree with you. If they had warned us, they'd been like, Batman is rebooted. Mm-hmm. Get ready for the '60s feel you've been missing. Sure. It, at or least, it may not have made them better, but at least would have prepared me going in. But I feel like sometimes studios kind of have that, okay, well, we know we've got this we've got this property that is already making money, and we know that this is drastically different, but like we should probably still try to make people think that it's this because we want to make money right. off of that. Exactly. Instead of having that courage to go, okay, yeah, this is this is the reboot. Yeah. We're rebooting Batman. Reimagining. Or, yeah, right. Yeah, we've yeah. we've done and, something different. Like and the, I understand like the that Nolan fear. verse versus the Snyder verse. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I understand that fear from a, from a studio's perspective. Like nowadays, as I mentioned, it's easier because we're sort of used to it. Mm-hmm. But back then, it would have been one crazy ballsy to do it, and probably lost some execs their job. Sure. Sure. To to claim that they're rebooting it two years after Batman Returns. Sure. It just would have blown people's minds. I, I just, I don't know. It, it's just tough. Are we still on topic? We're on topic. I think okay. so. Yeah, we're talking because about these 90s. are all still movies that inspire us, that have changed the way. You're that, a big that, Batman fan. That, I'm a big Batman that fan. That 89 movie, man, rocked my world. I mean, It like, did. Uh, I, I remember I remember specifically uh, with my friends trying to write like a, like a kid's version, like Batboy, like a kid's uh-huh. version of that. Just, you know the same. You're trying to do the same look and costumes and whatnot. Sure. I mean, it was, it was. Uh, well, it, pe- it seems affable now, but it's it was groundbreaking stuff. Again, yeah. matte paintings and yeah. you know no CG uh, 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 miniatures. Yeah, for crying out loud. Oh man, the miniatures. One of that. my favorite shows growing up was this show that aired on the Discovery Channel called Movie Magic. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, which I recently found on YouTube. Everybody, so definitely go check it out. Um, and I watched the behind the scenes on all of the the making of these movies and it was such a uh awe-inspiring thing to watch how much 
artistry and skill went into yeah. making a lot sure. of these things come to life. I remember an episode they had on Cabin Boy. Um, no, which yes, is, Chris Elliott. With that Chris <laughs> Elliott movie. Um, <laughs> which also I had... Me, Chris Mal- some me Chris too. Elliott. Which also had... Great, great. God, I can't remember his name, but he is... He was on Twin Peaks, and he is the father of the woman that is married to David Cross. And I, I can't... I don't know who's married I can't to David Cross. Of, I can't think... She was in that, that weird show, Joan of Arcadia, or whatever, a while... Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, point being... Her, her dad was in this and was a half man, half shark in this movie. And I remember them, sh- I was watching like the behind the scenes on how they like did the makeup and prosthetic effects. Ricky Lake played the front of a boat. Amazing. On that's that movie. Right, that's right. <laughs> David Letterman made a feature. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Cabin Boy was a weird cameo. It was a weird, yeah. but that once again was in this run of movies where things were just like getting made. It kind yeah. of felt like people were pitching this to like, hey, I've got this idea. It makes no sense. And we're on a lot of drugs when we wrote it. And they're like, make it. Here's What's it check. called? It's called Meet the Feebles. Perfect. The stupids. <laughs> Peter Jackson. <laughs> oh, Tom I. You guys familiar with that? Based off of the beloved book series. <laughs> oh my goodness, I remember that movie. I haven't thought about the with stupids the, with, in years. A CG character. This yeah. is before Jar Jar Binks. They had yeah. a CG like companion uh, wow. pet or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Thank you yeah, let's for reminding whatever. me of the stupid. We yeah, should welcome. reboot the stupids. Can we reboot Hashtag the stu- reboot the stupids. <laughs> Can we do that? That's important. They're rebooting. I read today that they're bringing Rugrats back. I know. We posted it and on. And they're making a live action, a live action yeah, movie. With, like live action with CGI characters. Almost like a, have to be, a Roger Rabbit. It would be impossible thing. to... to- like the, to you know, train the a one-year-old babies, yeah. <laughs> That'd be unless they go like the baby geniuses route and they just like CGI like oh, talking no, real babies, <laughs> that would be haunting. It's just you know the movie is just gonna be all Andy Circus. It's that would be <laughs> Andy Circus plays every baby. <laughs> I Andy totally... Circus is Tommy Pickles <laughs> and Chuck Chucky and the twins and Phil and Lil and Reptar and. The director. Cynthia the doll. And he's <laughs> just like Marshall. nothing. He's just like mo capping, just standing straight and still. <laughs> They're like, oh Andy, gosh. it's not necessary for mo cap. And he's like, I am really going to into do this. this right now. Is that what he sounds like? No. Arnold Schwarzenegger? He sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I thought he was just British. But he was I'm just going like, to do this. That's what Andy oh. Sergeant sounds like. I do it. I don't know why. Um,. So just as far as, once again, if we want to bring it back, we're into the 90s now as far as movies that kind of inspired us. Um, I have one. We Okay, go for it. In the 90s, a movie that inspired me. This is one that sort of solidified my love of the theater. It was Jurassic Park. Oh, man. I saw Jurassic Park probably seven or eight times. I, the, as did I. Eight that, well, times in the theater. That yeah. was one of the days where they had dollar theaters. Uh-huh. Do you remember yep, Dollar yep, Theaters yep. where you could go see an old run movie mm-hmm, for yep. like a dollar? Mm-hmm. Me and my dad went and saw Jurassic Park three or four times at the Dollar Theater, mm-hmm. and I saw it four or five in the regular theater. And it was one of those movies that sort of opened my eyes to what cinema could to, could grasp. It was could, your new hope. Yeah, I mean, it imagine, really was. was. some fucking groundbreaking technology. It was no one groundbreaking. Ever seen that before. Now, let me ask you, have you seen it recently? Yeah, the original. Oh yeah, we just yeah. went back and watched the original three. Now the the original, like the original Jurassic Park. Yep. Like that the 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 animation doesn't seem like a little bit dated now. Yes, you? it does. Yes. But I, I say I would I would works. say the the movie still holds up oh, because it's it's crafted around such excellence. So the opening scene with the, I think the brachiosaur, or not the opening scene, the, but the first time you see a dinosaur is the the long neck dinosaur, yeah. and the animation does look dated. 
But I will say after, because I watched the whole series leading up to going see the new Jurassic World movie, the T-Rex attack scene in the Jeep at night in the rain is still probably one of the best and most realistic appearing scenes that I have ever seen. Well, I remember the scene, and it's so simple, but the T-Rex lowering down, the flashlight up, and it's pupil Mm -hmm. dilating. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing that being like, there's a fucking dinosaur on set right. somehow. Yeah. And that's the kind of shit it's that... It's the little things. Mm-hmm. It's the, 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 those little touches. Well, it, was little, it was a big thing. Well, it was. It was <laughs> a huge <laughs> thing. Yes. But it's those those details. But that's innovation. Originally, yeah. those dinosaurs were supposed to be... Stop motion. Yeah, yep. they were yep. supposed to be. And Phil Tippett was hired mm-hmm. to do them yep. and started doing them. And then uh, they showed... Uh, uh, ILM showed them some test footage that they've made. And Steven Spielberg was like, fuck it. This is brand new technology. It looks pretty amazing. Let's do it. Yeah. And they pioneered something that is yeah. now used daily. I can yeah. do it on my cell phone a certain yeah. level of That's CG why I'm now. I'm here right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even here. We're no. just AD- We're just ADRing you yeah. into the room. Very lifelike. It's a hologram. How we went the Tupac doing my route. voice right he's, now. He's sitting here and he's just CGI. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that is a feel, I feel it like a level of innovation on that scale. That's not really done. Mm-hmm. You get independent films nowadays all the time that will explore new techniques and new filming. But I, I find it very rare that you get a studio that will back an innovative large scale film like mm-hmm. that. And you will see something that you have never seen before. And I yeah. kind of feel like I've gotten spectacle fatigue if that makes sense oh no well, sure everything now feels like it has to be a spectacle well, i mean it... you and i have talked about it to the point where um we had a whole episode about overhype mm-hmm. so i there's been a string of things lately where people love to say when a quiet place came out mm-hmm. people love to say groundbreaking revolutionary masterwork mm-hmm. changes the genre it's fine it's a it's, it's a, a good it's I would a say it's good a real I would say it's movie. a really good movie. But, but I feel like that those terms are kind of bandied around nowadays. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. In a way that they don't really matter anymore. Like Which is unfortunate. Like Jurassic Park, to go back to that, that was groundbreaking. Yeah. That was amazing. That was a spectacle. That changed the game. Now everything changes the game. Every time yeah. Marvel makes a superhero movie, they're like, groundbreaking, yeah. amazing. You've never seen anything like it except Remember for the Jurassic movie. Park? Gonna... It's better than that. Yeah. <laughs> that Tyrannosaurus sucks. Check out Iron Man 20 times, yeah, all yeah, CG. Yeah. Robert Downey wasn't even on set for one of the scenes. Or, we just I mean, CG'd him in. Honestly, Bam. we could just use Jurassic World. Come see the same movie with better and worse graphics. Right. I still hold true The Rock should have been the Chris Pratt. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just throwing it out there. Not what do you what do you think? No, I, I, no, no, not, you, not for me. Did you yeah. like those movies? Just out of curiosity, the new ones, the Jurassic World movies. Uh, I mean, I liked it okay, but it, like, there's I'm I'm one of the people that's like, like, why? Like, haven't they learned their lesson? Why? Like, yeah, why? Like, leave the dinosaurs alone. Yeah. <laughs> things will bad things will happen. Quit I mean, touching those dinosaurs. I mean, fucking fucking J- Jeff Goldblum said it right. I mean, yeah. like, let's listen to him in the first place. Isn't he in this this other one? I haven't seen he it did. yet. Yeah, he, I mean, is, he, said, he, he Please tell me he's like, y'all, uh, yeah, uh, uh, you should have listened to me in the uh, 
first place. That was the best Jeff Goldblum impression. Ever. It wasn't the best. But it was I, a little Matthew it's McConaughey. It's the best that we've ever done. A little Matthew McConaughey snuck in there. Mostly Goldblum with a bite of Matthew McConaughey. The, here's my These Jeff Jurassic Goldblum. Park movies, they get older, but they all, all they just stay the same. <laughs> no, I get older. All right, all Nailed right, it. all dinosaurs. No, he is in this movie, and I will say, uh, so this one I really liked. This was kind of a weird backlash. A lot of people hated this movie. Uh, I liked it because it did push the Jurassic World movies into a new arena. Did so it? with no yeah. spoilers, it it did. It changed the game. So the next the next movie will definitely not be you a returning be a next to the one? island. Really? Oh, I, I, I can guarantee. Probably. As long as people like me still go to see that yeah. movie, they're going to keep pumping them out. Well, the thing that appealed to me about that one, and I mentioned it in the episode we talked about it, was Bayonia. I love Bayonia as a director. Like, I think The Orphanage is fantastic. I think The Impossible is great. Um I would recommend both of those, by okay. the way. The the uh, for, Orphanage is a, a Spanish language movie produced by Guillermo del Toro. It's a oh. horror mo- movie. It's great. Okay. Um, the Impossible is uh is Naomi Watts, and it's about a, a flood that happens while they're on vacation, and it's great. Mm-hmm. So he, as a director, really appeals to me. So I was uh, c- curious to see what he would do with the property, and and as you've job. explained it to me, he has at least ended story wise in a place that opens up the yep. world a bit and he went more. back to a lot more practical effects which i appreciate what everybody knows we love practical effects on this podcast um so moving on from that we're kind of working our way through the 90s in the in the i can't remember if it was late 90s or even early 2000s one of the last innovators that i saw kind of in a real interesting way i thought outside of indie films was uh, Boz Lerman when he put out Moulin Rouge. Yeah, yeah. That movie blew my mind Same and time. kind of redefined what a musical could be mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Did um, Mulan or Romeo plus Juliet come out first? Romeo, Romeo plus Juliet, Juliet first. came out first. first. I remember that one and being kind of like, wow, this guy's got an interesting vision, like voice for this. Visual style. Yeah. I've never heard it referred to as Romeo plus Juliet. That's how I've always. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess visually it is Romeo plus sign you know, Juliet, but yeah, you're right. You're right. Hey, Everybody can use that, by the way. Boz Lerman, right out, right in. Tell us, is it Romeo plus Juliet or Romeo and Juliet? Hey, Bozzy. Hey, Bozzy, uh, Boss. The Get Down on Netflix. Hell yeah, I, yeah. The it, about the the kind of the birth of hip hop. Yes, yeah. but the first episode directed by Boz. Yeah, yep. That was what actually drew me to the series was that he was behind yes. the, at least the pilot. Yes, yes, and and, uh, and to me it kind of fell apart afterwards because it just didn't hold up to the visual that he yeah presented. I think I watched about. three of them, four yeah. maybe. I watched the whole thing. I'm a sucker for a love story, and I yeah, loved his play sure. about that. But. Uh, but yeah, a Moulin Rouge, outstanding. I love the the hybrid of like pop music. Yeah, mixed with again great love story. Absolutely mixed with killer visuals. Yeah. The, just a very interesting kind yeah. of like stage play, but on acid kind of. <laughs> uh, yeah. really like, what was the process of shooting that? There was no master shots. It's all like yeah. It's like they shoot animation. It's like like every shot was a scene almost. Yeah, yeah. It was it was wild. I've watched I watched like a they put out a, like an hour and a half long behind the scenes documentary. Wow on like the blu-ray of that movie about the process behind it and once again there was a lot of talk in watching it where he was like these kind of shots had never really been done before so we just kind of had to figure out how to do it and that's the kind of stuff that inspires I me love that's the stuff that. I love that i love yeah. is they're like we had a vision we don't know how to do it but we figured it out yeah and you get this you know um i feel like so many times people are cool and complacent being like, well, these are the tools that I have is at hand, and if I can't make it with these tools, then I'm just not going to make it. And it's like, well, no, like, or I-, I love, and we've talked about it on the podcast, but the idea of someone taking those tools 
and even having slights and using them to their advantage. We've already talked about Spielberg a little bit, but sure. I'll bring up Jaws. Is the shark was supposed to be in it so much more, it just flat out didn't work. Right. And it made it so much a better movie. The other example I have is in the TV version of The Stand, which I love, by the way. And their Nick Garris. Yeah, yeah. Nick Garris. The 10-hour series, CBS All Access, just got picked up with Josh Boone. Excited. We put together the writer's room. Did you see yeah. Owen King is on mm-hmm. the writer's room? I'm excited about it. But mm-hmm. I remember hearing a commentary about that show saying that the scene where Rob Lowe was walking through the cornfield, they were supposed to have a full cornfield. Mm-hmm. But when the corn arrived, <laughs> yeah, it was all that. rotted. So all they had was like a 10-foot square. Mm-hmm. So it, Mick Garris didn't know what to do, so he decided to put the camera above Rob Lowe and just pull up in a tracking shot. Sure. And it's one of the best shots in the whole miniseries. And But I love that when a director can say, I don't have to be innovative like technologically, but I can be innovative on using what I have. And I think that's so brilliant. I love when directors are able to do that. And I think Spielberg with Jaws is probably the best example, but there are so many. So I have a question, and to put you in the hot seat, Mars, I'm going to ask you, um, as somebody who is currently making something, Mm -hmm. something, a vision that came out of your head and you're trying to put into reality mm-hmm. um, in the form of the Mars Variety Show. Yes, yes, which you've talked about. Thank you so yeah. much. Oh, of no. course. It's our Thank- pleasure. Just so everybody gets to know, we got to like play in this world a little bit, uh-huh. and it's amazing. It was so much fun. It's amazing. Um, and our, did- our big our big pride is that we walked away from that day not ruining it for you. That totally. was like the big thing. No, we like, high-fived each other. We, we like, like, shook hands yes. in the car, and we're like, we didn't ruin it for Mars. <laughs> Good job. Let's go home. Um, but... What is that process like? You know, because we—it's easy to armchair quarterback and be like, "Oh yeah, Sorry. you know, be innovative, be new." What is it like to take something that's been in your head for years, right? Like something that you kind of came up with, and trying to translate that to something that people are going to see. You know what I mean? Like, wow, it's—I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's—it's it's following a lot of excitement too. I mean, like, like when you—I think when we're creative, what like what draws us to to draw or to create or to sculpt or make something, it's because we're excited about right. what it's going to be. You know, when you know, going from our head onto the page. Um, I had I'd been watching a lot of like uh, old Dean Martin show episodes. My okay, mother-in-law like, had some, and I was watching. I was like, man. That looks like fun. Like, what a good time they had. Like, Dean, uh, you guys ever seen any old Dean Martin show? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. It clips all over the place. Yeah. All these, uh, you know, these celebrities and the, these great sketches and music. And I heard that Dean, like, he never rehearsed. Like, he, they I, had, they had, I, I believe that. They blocked it and then, then he came in and they just did it. And whatever happened, happened. And, um, and I love, and then it made me think of, like, the Carol Burnett show, which I watch sure. all oh, the time. Oh, man. Tim Conway is one of my favorite fucking comedians. The, the dentist sketch? Yes! On the Carol Burnett show? It, it, I could watch that a million times a day. It's like he's tr- specifically trying to break up Harvey Korman, <laughs> yes. you know? So that sort of, and, like, working on sitcoms a lot, like, like yeah, there's a, there's a regime and you gotta, you know, get it done, but, the, but I love the moments where we... We mess around. You try to break each other up, and the right. audience loves it. It kind of, you know, it takes the seriousness out of it. It's like yeah. we're not curing cancer; we're making entertainment for know? sure. So I'd, uh, you know, I'd moved to Nashville. I was enchanted by the authenticity here, by the sheer talent of musicians and comedians and artists and burlesque performers and 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 podcast hosts. And like, like, like everyone thinks Nashville is just like this country music place. Like there's that, but there's so much more. Mm. Um, and having watched a lot of these shows, 
you know, I turned, I had turned 40 and I was sure. like, I'm going to throw myself a variety show. I can do this. I'm a ho I'll be the host. I'll get a space. I'll invite all my friends to be in it. And, uh, we got a place down in East Nashville and, uh, and we did just that. Uh, and, uh, but I, it, what bothers me here is that because there's so much good mm. entertainment, people are always like on their phones or they're talking or whatnot. Or sometimes a, like a, a musician will be pouring their guts out on stage right. for like six people and it killed the performer in me. It's like, oh my gosh, just pay attention. Sure. So I designed the show so like you had to pay attention. Like if there was a, uh, music on stage, that's done, lights out stage, yeah. lights up at the bar. And there's a skit at the bar. That's done, lights out bar, lights up stage left and something's over here. And I worked the audience we had such a good time and it was done. Everyone's like, this was amazing. You have to do this again. We Nashville needs this. No one's yeah. ever done this. I'm like, really? This seems like so up your guys' alley. Like no one's doing this. So I started thinking on and thinking on it and thought like I, my background's television. I should totally do this as a TV show and conceived like, let's see, how can I do this? I would be the host. Um, I would use my space. I live in a fantastic house in Mount Juliet. We can attest to that uh, fantastic yeah, right, right? house. Like Agreed. That? Agreed. It was a one. It was a one. One a wonderful space, yeah. and two just a wonderful day. It was great to see it from that angle. Right on. Right I got on. A, a a big uh, a hee haw vibe from yeah, a, a not hee-haw big, well. but I got well, a no, vibe no, from de that. Definitely a lot of hee haw. I mean, like I, I ultimately the structure is like it's music, it's it's comedy, a lot of like the one you know the stupid one line jokes, like you know oh you ever you ever dated a drummer? Yeah, you gotta wear earplugs though. I mean like. <laughs> You know, and, and that it, and then you move off, and you have something else. And uh, uh, the whiskey's getting to me. I'm probably droning on and on. <laughs> no, nope, but ultimately, uh, you know, it's it's a. Usually, when I when I've when I work on like a short film or something, it's there's a lot of time constraint, and you have to mm -hmm. uh, uh, you have to. Um, Let's see. Edit this part out where I can't think of what to say. <laughs> You're fine. It's all staying in. No, I'm perfect. Just <laughs> um, I listen to the Gilbert Gottfried podcast, and every time uh, someone messes up, the co-host says, oh, "Don't worry, we'll cut that out." <laughs> and then they and don't. I, they, obviously, they don't right, they because it's in the it. fucking show. Right. Uh, well, you'll just have to listen to see yes. if we edit it out well, or I, not. I can say, you know, as because we were lucky enough to just kind of be a part of of you realizing this kind of vision that you've had in your head is. One, um, I've been on a few sets, mm -hmm. not a ton, but I've been on a few. And I will say that the vibe there was much more of a, and this is going to sound really weird, but a creative safe space yeah, than what I've experienced yeah. before. And so I feel like in, in doing what you're doing with the intentions in which you're doing it, um, I, th I have a feeling you're you're poised to catch real lightning in a bottle kind of situations thank more you, than you, you will with more of a contrived kind of thing. Sure. Um, because as an as a native Nashvilleian, some of these acts that were performing on this episode, I had never seen before either, and was captivated. Right that's yeah. that's what I have to add to this, and that was with the the danger of sounding over masturbatory. Uh, uh, the acts you chose to be on that pilot, I was dumbfounded by every one of them, by how good they were. Right on. Excellent. Uh, right. Especially I us. was curious what you guys thought about that. No, yeah, I, I, I loved every act you chose. It right was on. a great mix. And so, so I think from a purely, you know, um, outside standpoint, I really dig what you're doing. And that's outside of us getting to participate in any way. I really think what you're doing is on the right track. 
And um, if what we saw there on that day was any indication of what it could be or will continue to be in the future, I think you've got something really, at at the very least, very artistically special on your hands. Something that I've never really seen. And if this podcast is, is any evidence... I've seen a lot of fucking TV (laughs) and a lot of fucking movies. And so I say that, you know, totally true. And if it wasn't true, I just wouldn't say anything. So, you know, I I wasn't out to reinvent the wheel. I mean, I borrowed stuff from like Laugh-In, Hee-Haw. We talked about Hee-Haw. And uh, and just try to kind of make it my own, you know, uh, using that influence by... By that stuff, if you want to get back to the topic. You know, that like those shows definitely influenced creating uh, uh, the Mars Variety Show. Which is something that we're very excited about. People should be very excited you should about be. seeing. Everyone should be excited about. So. Shucks, you and, guys. <laughs> and is a... Pshaw. Per- Pshaw. <laughs> That's a saying I wish was used more often. Just I'm going to bring... You know what? It is around me. I'm bringing, bringing it back. back. Hashtag Pshaw. <laughs> Spell it however you want. Tweet it at Jason Marston. At Jason Marston on Twitter. Pshaw. All right, so... Um, that you're right, Jason. That is 100% a perfect segue into the topic. Is that and a I segue? Think, I think it's the. It That's is the segue. segue. Is that our hundredth segue? It is our 100th. Segue. We made it to a hundred segues, everybody. Hundred. Call the president. We're totally giving away free segues. <laughs> Not the bikes. Just like we'll tell you we'll, how to segue from one conversation we'll, you to another. If you're listening to this right now, please write an email to. <laughs> At high five the podcast. Yes, and say I want my free Segway. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't <laughs> be that. like I no, was at can. the mall. You, there's no guarantee you'll get one. Yeah, but, totally. Yeah, I but just we, I want. On second <laughs> yeah. thought, do it, and we'll forward it to Jenna Van Oy because we're gonna get her in yes. on this party. Yes, <laughs> we're she gonna show her to how here. it's done. Um, yeah. So the topic at hand tonight was inspiration. So you clearly had a bunch of amazing inspiration for the the stuff that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Jay and I have clearly had. May, some may say too much inspiration. <laughs> I mean, I've watched a few movies here and there. Um, Thank that, goodness. Yeah. Bits and pieces. To do what we've decided to do for 100 episodes, um, which, I, by the way, I did the math, and at 100 episodes, we're at about 200 hours of content. Whoa. <laughs> Amazing. Which wow. is insane. That's like at least a day. That is... <laughs> that's You're right. At the top of this episode, you said... <laughs> That you don't know numbers? <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Once again, bringing it full circle. <laughs> Book ending it, bitches. Perfect way. Classic comedy callback. Um, Next so, I'm going to hit you with a two by four. So, Jason, this is the part, and I'm sure, as you, you said, you've awesomely listened to a couple of our episodes. Is this where we do the list? This is where we make a list. The list. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, dun, 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 so dun, we've dun, decided. Dun, 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 list. <laughs> That's our official high five the podcast. That has never it's never been done before. List. List. Well, that is. I'm gonna soundbite that. That is now. Can we do it together? Yeah. Yep. Three, two. List. I try to do harmony. That was beautiful. Thanks. Joey went low. You went high. I went not good. You went cute. It was great. It was perfect. It was great. So for this list, we're gonna pick movies that inspired us. So movies that. Uh, were influential to how you view movies and how you how you came to enjoy uh, such entertainment. Sure. Is it a list for each of us, or are we picking like five, yeah. one five, uh, one list? Yep. So what five. we're gonna do is what we at High Five Podcast do is we provide people their with opinions, their opinions. Mm-hmm. So when their friends ask them, "Hey, what are the most influential top five movies ever?" 
They can say, well, I just listened to High Five the Podcast, and this is it. So what we're going to do is Jay is going to pitch his five. Okay. I'm going to pitch five, okay. and we're going to have you pitch five. Got it. And then we are, by vote, which is more so just being like, I think mine should be on there. <laughs> we're going to combine our lists very into infantile. the ultimate top five list. Yeah. You know what this sounds like to me, you guys? A two-parter episode. <laughs> it does. But it actually goes I by. I to say about my five. <laughs> Well, my five is 20. <laughs> that is also our email. Send us your list to my five at high five, the podcast.com Segway again, third segue, one episode, hundredth episode. Oh, we're going crazy. You know, Three what? segues, hundred episodes. Them we're, away. Just, we're throwing the rules out the window. Uh, so I say as our honored guest tonight, you can kick us off with your list since it is clearly the longest. <laughs> all so I list all five. Yeah. So you just tell us your top five, and you can tell us why if you want. I'm you can just to. read yeah. them off. I'm going, going to. to as well, and then we will give you our feedback. Okay. Um, of the five, I'm only mentioning one that I talked about because I'm I, thinking about this. I, there's a whole bunch of movies that influenced me. I didn't even mention but i'm gonna do it right now so in no particular order let's start with back to the future <laughs> the Yay. original the original which i saw with my friend jeff smith in anaheim california invited me over his house he's like you gotta watch this we watched it on vhs and it blew my mind the storytelling we talked about long uninterrupted mm -hmm. takes zemeckis did that in the very opening oh, shot man. and repeats to do that and you know it turned me on to zemeckis yeah. for sure uh uh gremlins Gremlins, my first horror movie when I was eight. Wow, nice. Yeah. Uh, I remember there being like a contest that my mom brought home for me because the poster was just, they didn't reveal the creatures in the trailers. Sure. The poster was just like the, the box and you saw these cute pair of eyes and these oh, pretty little hands. Yeah. So I drew a picture of a, a like wraith-like creature with big eyes and, fur and claws and, fang and big ears and sharp teeth. My mom's like, that's not what it is. It's supposed to be something cute and cuddly and then we saw the movie and i was like ha bam that's what it was i could have won that contest but i love that you movie. just mailed that letter mom thanks mom for nothing because a lot mom thanks jay's mom jesus thanks mrs marston no no your mom oh yeah okay. thanks jay we share a mom now yeah we do great yeah Brothers. first movie obsessed with the puppets the animatronics mm. uh i remember i still have my making of magazine uh, autographed by Joe Dante and, oh, and uh, wow. Zach Galligan. Um, uh, I poured through that thing like cover to cover. That's just incredible. Like, how do they make that movie? Um, uh, I mentioned Annie. I did that. Uh, I talked about that. Yep. Love musicals. Yep. Beautiful. Um, a great story. Uh, my all time favorite movie on the planet is Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Good choice. Holy Good choice. Shit. So that's like when people ask you your favorite movie, that's your go-to. That's it, hands that's down. It. I can't pick my favorite band or sure. like color or whatnot. Favorite movie, hands down. Uh, great storytelling. Uh, great performances. Great mm -hmm. dialogue. There's so much great yeah. dialogue. You you left just when you were becoming interesting. I can't <laughs> wait to say that to my son. <laughs> and... <laughs> And my, and my, you can say it to Jay right now if that makes you I feel better. I did say that. Dude, I know right? he was looking straight at me I as know. he said it. I felt proud and ashamed <laughs> at the same time. It was wonderful. Well, like, come on, like the, the heavy, the big villain, like the big power, like like uh, climax of that movie was Indy versus a tank. Yeah, right. he's like before CG and all that stuff. It's yeah. like, fantastic. A lot of practical stuff, which is like what 
really makes me hate the fourth movie so much, which never existed. My last of my of my top five didn't talk about it. This movie shaped uh, shaped me as a, a, a as a kid. My first like kind of like adult movie, and it actually was released the year I was born. Um, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Ooh. Oh, good one! First time being introduced to Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. and yep. Danny DeVito and Christopher Lloyd and some really disturbing images and sequences yeah. and trying to understand that, but also and Milos Forman, first Milos Forman yeah. movie. You know, um, great storytelling, great performances. Well, that movie's just like it. It's enjoyable on so many levels, and it can grow with you. Mm-hmm. It's like you can get new things from it as you get older, and the le- like the depth of. Just the characters in it is amazing. Yes. Good choice. Cheers. All right. Solid <laughs> list. All right, Jay. All right. So for me, um, I've mentioned a couple of these, but I think I'm going to start with A New Hope. I talked about Star Wars. Yes. Star yeah, Wars man. is one that I've been obsessed with my whole life. Um, there was a, a point, I've told you this, there was a point where you could pause the cantina on Moss Eisley scene in A New Hope, and I could name every character <laughs> in the scene. Like, I was obsessed with Star Wars growing up. I still am today and I think a lot of that is from just the vision and the creativity and the craft sure. of that film so A New Hope there's no question it was going to be on here sure. I have a buddy who can who can recite Greedo's dialogue like phonetically in verbatim. the yes, in his, oh, yes. <laughs> I'm jealous of your friend I never was that 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 deep but I could name the character something like, oh, something that's... something I'm Mianigoska <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, Greedo. If I had just done this done before, <laughs> <laughs> all right, <go> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Hot the, shot first. <laughs> you yeah. heard it right here. Don't fact check it. No, and, and no one's ever said that before. Nope. Um, so my next one is Pulp Fiction. Yes. Because Solid. that for me was the one that introduced me. And it's gonna be a weird statement. The craft yep. of writing, sure. the craft of filmmaking. Yeah. Is. I think Tarantino was able to grasp onto something. He even did it with Reservoir Dogs, but Pulp Fiction was one that grabbed me. Was the idea of how amazingly the story was crafted, like written. For sure. And that was kind of the first time I realized that. And and since then, I've become obsessed with you know up-and-coming directors and indie films. And I, I think it all started with that movie. Hey, before Chris Nolan... Uh, it, it, it was Tarantino. Yeah. Like, it, it really well, I'm was. Sure, I'm sure it was people before Tarantino, but sure. like Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction was like... The first introduction to that kind of storytelling. It really oh, was. Sure. And, uh, and the, I remember, and it's not on my list, but the Reservoir Dogs, the way it played with time mm-hmm. and reality and, and the perception like we talked about earlier before the show, it's just the way that he crafted those stories was just great for me. So that has to be on there. Um, I think I have to say Psycho um, yes. because... I had it here. Great oh, you, ha- you have did. it on your, your... You have it on an honorable mention. I love that. I... Uh, Anyone who's listened to the show and anyone who knows me personally knows I'm a huge horror buff. I love being scared. I love the adrenaline that comes with it. Uh, there's just something about that genre of film that it, I associate with it so strongly. Well, call back to our <coughs> top five horror episode. We shared that yeah. as our number one horror movie of all time. Good choice. Yeah, and so that's why it resonates with me. You and I, Q, got to see it in the theater. In the theater we released it a couple years ago, and it was um, just beautiful. But it was one of those that, as I mentioned before, I told you, Jason, before the show, my dad showed it to me like when I was five or six, way too young to see that. Like I took baths for the next year because I was scared <laughs> of taking showers. But I think that visceral reaction to that movie and just how well-crafted it is, I mean, it's it's brilliant. Um, I think that sort of got me addicted to that endorphin rush that horror brings. Sure. So if I don't, if I don't have a horror movie on here, it, it doesn't work. 
Um, let's see. The others are so tough because I have like 10 more. Um, uh, I would say cartoon-wise, Aladdin. Yes. Probably. Okay. Solid I, choice. Of all, choice. of all the Disney movies, like I, I watched Jungle Book probably a million times because I had the clamshell case for it. I watched Lion King. I mean, Little Mermaid. They're all great, but Aladdin was one I could sing every song. I knew every line of dialogue. I watched all of the, the sequels, uh, Return of Jafar and The Prince of Thieves, multiple times. I owned them all. And I think there was just an element of, of just humor... Uh, greatness to that movie that colors are outstanding. It really, it really is the art design on that. Now as an adult, I can look back and appreciate it. But when I was a kid, it was just one of those things that everything about it worked. Everything worked, and that, that like I saw Jurassic Park eight times in the theater. Mm-hmm. Saw Aladdin eight times in the theater. You mentioned that yeah. dollar movie theater. Yeah, yeah. I, I went to that dollar movie theater and saw Jurassic Park followed by Aladdin. <laughs> you did a double yeah. feature. I did. Yeah. I just Loved you, it. see, and I'm I'm the same way and. I think it has to be Aladdin if I'm going to narrow down to a cartoon movie. Sure. And then the last spot is so tough, but I'm going to go with a comedy. Is because right. I think part of my personality, part of my lifestyle is I just love to laugh. I love to smile. I love comedy. And the one that I always think of can go back to a million times is Dumb and Dumber. Oh, Solid. Uh, for whatever reason, is the, the year that I watched that, the age that I was... It hit me at this perfect time where Ace Ventura was great, but it was a little early, sure. like earlier in the year. And <laughs> I was about to say, didn't yeah. all those movies kind of came out yeah, at yeah, the same like time? Yeah, like right around 93, Jim Carrey 94. had a solid, like... Yeah, a great 94. Yeah. Because The Mask, uh, Dumb and Dumber, and J- Ace Ventura, Ventura all came out in the same year. Out. But it was like, you know, it was, a li- it was different than Airplane, which I wasn't really old enough to get. It, it came before I truly loved comedy. But and do was... you like Gladiator movies? <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> There's I some... <laughs> <laughs> but Dumb and Dumber is a movie I'll still quote to this day. Like probably two weeks ago, I said I was telling somebody at the office to do something, and I was walking. And I was like, "Don't you go dying on me!" It's just one that just in sort of ingrained itself in my DNA. Where are you going to Aspen, <laughs> mm. California? California. That nice. you'll appreciate this. Samsonite. Thing, so you know how on Netflix you can set. Uh, profiles for different people to mm-hmm. watch my kids are set as harry and lloyd amazing <laughs> amazing <laughs> so so that's got to be my five a new awesome. hope star wars um pulp fiction uh psycho aladdin and dumb and dumber i love it man um all right well i'm really glad what you got q that i am going last because there's a couple that we're sharing so i know that they're on the list Yay! like when that happens on the list. It's easy. It's an easy on the um, list. But as people who know me will know that I was informed, like, my entire film appreciation is based off of theatrical movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean theatrical as in released, but I mean theatrical as in, like, weird production, big, colorful, bright. Those are the movies that I gravitate towards. Right. Uh and musicals, mm-hmm. straight yeah, up. Yeah. So I've got several musicals on my <laughs> list. Awesome. Good, good. Uh, so one that I'm going to throw out there right off the bat that informed me and kind of my understanding and hit me at a perfect uh, age to really kind of awaken me to my understanding of sexuality later in life. I like where this is going. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, oh there you yeah. go. That's a movie that, that movie was is still informing my sexuality. Huge, <laughs> hugely influential to me. It, I think, 
helped to provide an open mind and understanding. I grew up in the South. Nashville's great, but it's still there's still some closed minds around. Sure, sure. So my parents actually let me watch this movie when Good I was them, probably like I was probably like 13, 14. Okay. And uh, my mom, who is a massive musicals fan and is actually who turned me on to all the like the Rodgers and Hammerstein stuff growing right. up, she really informed that, was like, I know you're older and you kind of are looking for something edgier. Maybe watch this. It'll, you know, and I'm open to questions that you have about it. And boy, did I have a lot of questions. Um, What's a time warp? Some I worked out by myself in my room. So, um, but there was a bunch of things that it, it showed. First off, I fucking love Tim Curry. Like, did that Tim, introduce you to Tim Curry? It or did. Were you, were, were nope. you familiar with that? That was the first thing, except for um, I had seen. What the fuck did I see? Oh. <laughs> I had seen Home Alone 2? Uh uh It. Okay. <laughs> I had seen the It miniseries because oh, my dad's yeah. a huge Stephen King fan and so we had as watched I, all as that. You know, and well you're my dad. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> as you know. I had also seen Muppet Treasure Island. So, oh right. <laughs> at about that time. I was like, um, like Congo? He was like, yeah. So uh no, Rocky Horror Picture Show, it A was my first um entry into kind of a a edgier musical style, something that felt a little more raw and sure. real and unfiltered. And like, I remember watching the movie. Part of me was kind of going like, how did this get made? Like, how did they allow people to do this? Like, <laughs> this seems so like dirty and yeah, awesome yeah. and dirty scary and, awesome. and exciting. And, you know, it was all of the things that that movie is really all about right. is, is feeling these feelings and being okay with it and accepting who you are and being not afraid to be weird and right. wild, whatever that may entail. And I fucking hooked in and logged on to that message so hard and well, just carried it with me. Well, that transvestite from Totally, 100%. <laughs> a sweet transvestite. Um, transsexual. You did the best cover in our musicals episode. <laughs> Tim Curry is here with us right now. Um, Hi, everybody. But that was, Tim Curry. So that was definitely, that's a big one for yeah. me uh, with a bullet on my list for sure. Uh, another one I've mentioned earlier, it's another musical, but this is another one that informed it in kind of a different way, was Little Shop of Horrors. I know. Yes. I knew it's that was going to be on your for list. Me, it's up here. I for me, it. Frank Oz is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, not only being one of the founding members of the Henson crew, but being a, a brilliant director, director in his yeah. own right, yeah. non-puppet related. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dirty Rotten Scout. Um, but then doing things that were crazy innovative as well. I mean, this movie, first off, let me clarify. When I say Little Shop of Horrors, I mean unthetrical Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, Mars, I'm talking extended us? cut. Rick, Rick Original Moranis. ending. Uh, Rick Moranis. Oh, you're, you're talking... Uh, I'm talking about the un, unstudio changed version, which has now been released. And... I was familiar with the play, but now they went back and re-edited in the end, the original ending of oh, the movie, did? which yeah. is everyone dies. Oh, the I'm, plants I'm, take over the world. No, I like, I like, uh, I you like, like the I like the movie version. Well, yeah. you said you like a, a good love story, I and do. so yeah, having a, a happy ending does cap it off in a As much different to way. Him killing both Seymour. And I just, this girl. I just like the big green mother song. I just feel like, and that was yeah. only still- for the movie. Yeah. So that that song's not in the play. Yeah. And was written for the movie uh Levi Stubbs who mm-hmm. is the voice of the plant and the 
amazing that was another like i lo- i'm a big motown fan mm-hmm. so Nops, right? so that yeah yep. so, so that voice coming out of that mm-hmm. plant was just so fucking it was great. badass it as was a kid. it was i wanted an audrey too so bad feed me seymour feed me now <laughs> i love it seymour. it's so, so so silky so it so good. um but rick moranis is one of those actors for me who's in a lot of movies that i grew up in and had such kind of a presence mm-hmm. um, that I don't know really exists anymore. I don't know yeah. who I would consider a modern Rick Moranis. I feel like he was kind of in his own right. That was kind of his. I was his thinking Michael, Michael Sarah. Sarah. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> you think five, so? High five. That was you, terrible. You yeah, think yeah, so yeah. though? For real, Michael Sarah's fine. I mean, no, like Michael Sarah or like a almost Jonah Hill before he is what he is now. You know who else I think though? Uh, that guy from The Office who is also in, the tall, thin guy who's also on Silicon Valley. Oh, oh, I'm blanking on his name, but I yes, he's I, he's got that vibe too. Anyway, yeah, well, that's super hard on my list, so that's another good one. Now, if we're going drama, one of the one of the original drama movies, the first movie to ever make me cry, guys, Rain Man. Oh, yes. that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rain Man blew me away, not only from an amazing performance by Dustin Hoffman, but a brilliant script and just an all around well-crafted story that was emotional. Yeah. It had amazing character developments. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise killed it in that movie. I must say a really solid performance by Tom so Cruise. So good. I still quote that to this day. I can't tell you how many times one of my daughters is gotten upset that my other daughter hurt her and i've been like ah squeezed and hurt and pulled my neck in 1989 (laughs) like so many times that is like and i know that's totally out of context but for real so that's totally 100 percent an actual thing that i say to my daughters whether that makes me a good parent or not i don't care uh any parent who quotes rain man to their kids is a good parent so rain man though it it legitimately made me cry at a young age i think i watched that when i was like eight Mm -hmm. and the the performance of of Dustin Hoffman affected me so much his interplay with Tom Cruise in that here you have this character that is clearly a frustration and aggravation to the Tom Cruise character but also they're bound by this weird love and appreciation mm-hmm. for each other that really spoke to me it was one of the most real human kind of stories and arcs that I've ever seen and it totally made me blubber you mentioned crying for the first time. Mm-hmm. I can remember the first movie I cried in, and it was Stand by Me. Oh wow! It really? When, it was when um, it was when uh, Rivers Phoenix delivers the "I return the money, mm-hmm. but they still didn't believe me." Mm-hmm. I'm, that, I'm that care. I'm sure. that person. Sure. It was that monologue. I thought that made me weep when I was a kid. Wow. Um, but so you mentioned first crying stories that reminded me of that for some reason. And so if I'm gonna go horror from there. Ooh. I'm going to say the movie that affected me the most, not necessarily the one that I consider the best because sure. that's clearly Psycho, but is The Shining. Ooh. Oh, that yeah. movie yeah, yeah. was the first so horror sense. movie that I remember seeing that legitimately scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Sure. And I think for a couple of reasons. One, it was creepy because it had like the weird ghost girls and There's the blood in the and, Oh man. And that that decaying that woman Oh yeah. Scaring the shit out of me is what he's me. doing. But I'll tell you what scared me the most and this is well, I'm going to get real guys. What scared me the most was the was Jack Nicholson's portrayal as this father unhinged. Oh yeah. And that 
feeling because I'm real empathetic when I watch movies. So I immediately put myself in the shoes of the characters and I immediately was like, holy shit, the isolation that Shelley Duvall and, and the son feel when they're literally just trapped in this house mm-hmm. with their with the the dad, mm-hmm. the right. one person they should both be able to rely on, and that is the one person who is actively trying to murder them. Right. And that is terrifying to me. That was a terrifying concept. And so as a kid, that affected me so much because I about the time that I watched it, I was about I was older than Danny Torrance in the movie. Uh, probably but only by probably three years or so because i think he's like six or seven in the movie and i was probably nine when i saw it but i totally was like holy shit what if my dad tried to murder me like this is crazy (laughs) well i mean you bring up an interesting point too because you mentioned jack nicholson you mentioned jack nicholson Mm. on fluid kookiness we spent a lot of time talking about batman like man he was good he's got that man's range is imprint in our in our young minds you know i heard that that uh you know stephen king hated that, yep. Yes. That version, and that that Kubrick was actually setting out to make like a black comedy. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. Well, that's a really weird take on it. I don't know right. that I would ever gather a black comedy I never from that. I black knew. Comedy was mentioned, but like I can't. I can't. Yeah. I watched that. a crazy documentary. I think it was Room Two One Seven or Room Two Three Seven. Two Three Seven. Yeah. Where they delve I into. Couldn't, I couldn't get into. It. I was like, this is come on. It's it a little, crazy. It a yeah. Too much. They're like, uh, <laughs> it wasn't fun for me. <laughs> it it. The first half is great. The second half is crazy. They take it way too I, far. I'm a huge Stephen King fan, uh, author-wise, and a huge Kubrick fan, so merging those two in a documentary, I was all about it. But yeah, the second half goes pretty far off the rails. I didn't I didn't give it a second chance. <laughs> so I would say, for my last one, that kind of informed me, and one of the movies that I watched over and over again and probably turned me into the big fan that I am now, is Batman 66. That was a movie that I uh, would rent from the video store by my house, and I watched it repetitively. I was going to say repeatedly, but it came out repetitively, and then it was like repetitively. But it blew me away. Adam West. you just can't get rid of a bomb. God. Uh, He's so good. I have such a bat boner right now. <laughs> Holy bat boner, Batman! Um, Bulging bat boner, Batman. But Lee I mean, Meriwether is Miss Kitka. Holy shit! You've got uh, uh, Caesar Romero. Catwoman, excuse me. You've got the Frank Gorshin, who is unhinged and amazing mm-hmm. as the Riddler. Joey and I had a conversation about this where we've talked in depth about the best kind of Batman villains, and I still think that. The, that Frank Gorshin's portrayal of the Riddler is still one of the best and most underrated villain performances. Well, as I mentioned in that episode, yeah. the Riddler is my favorite Batman villain. I just think this the 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 way that he crafts the puzzles, the the wordplay, I, I love it, and I've always loved it. And the Frank Gorshin version is just one that I I attach to quickly. But how silly that movie got, and still, it it had so many great one liners and puns mm-hmm. and. Um, I remember as a kid that spoke to me because I'm like, this is hilarious. These guys, look at these adults being hilarious and silly. But then it also had this superhero aspect. And it honestly, it was the first time in my life where, and this is going to sound ridiculous, I felt like I could grow up to be that superhero. I could totally be <laughs> sure. that superhero. Totally. I could totally make jokes and be rich one day. Like, this is easy. <laughs> 
Um, All I need is utility belt. And a so, so now we have this podcast, and yeah. I'm like one third of the way there. Right. Um, but choice. no. Good so choice. yeah, Batman sixty six would probably round off my top five. Wish they would show that at the Bell Court. That'd be a great midnight movie, don't you think? I'd go to that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh totally shit, that. that would be really good. I we should totally... talk to them about that. We'll do that. I we will. should make that. Happen. Our people will talk to their people. Yeah. <laughs> Bell Court. Make it happen. Get your people. Um, all right. So we've got, we've all kind of laid out our list. Is there a way to combine it into a, I think uh, so. a top five? I think so. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to run through everybody's list and correct sure. me if I'm wrong. Okay. So Jason, I've got you with Annie. Yes. I've got you with Indiana Jones, Last Crusade. Yes. I've got you with Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. I've got you with Gremlins. Mm-hmm. And I've got you with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yes, sir. Uh, Jay, I've got you with uh, A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aladdin. Yep. Psycho. Yep. Pulp Fiction. Uh huh. And Dumb and Dumber. Correct. And then I've got me with Rocky Horror Picture Show, Little Shop of Horrors, Rain Man, The Shining, and Batman sixty six. Nice. Not a shared one among us. No. What? Fuck. Can't. It, yep. So so the the list has to represent high five. It can't be like individual. Like why do we have to? I'm about to say we can. I I say since this is an inspiration episode, we, we leave just, it as three. We leave it. Yeah. We don't. We don't Fuck. need a definitive. We're throwing rules out the window <laughs> it's, here. It's in the hundredth episode because the movies that inspire me aren't going to be the same that inspire Jason. It's not going to be the same that inspire I you. I could easily like bring like Psycho in there. I mean, it makes sense. Right. But I love. I love your choices. I love your well, choices. Well, I could have easily brought in one floor of the Cuckoo's Nest too sure. because of just the acting caliber. For sure. In it. So all right, I, I think it's just a collective top fifteen. And and you know what? Considering it's the hundredth episode, we should really be picking a hundred movies. So holy shit. <laughs> All right, guys, strap in for the next two and a half hours of High Five the Podcast's 100th episode. Same bat time, same bat channel. Woohoo! Oh, we made it. We made it. We did it. We have our list. We have our top 15. We're going to throw it up on social. Thank you. Yeah, Jason, thank you so much for, for allowing us to kidnap you and bring you here and putting up with all of our We really appreciate in advance you not pressing charges, so that's very cool of it's you. It's fine. You know, I've decided I'm going to stay. If you could just... You know, Perfect. I, maybe you know, you know, I'll just stay here in this. Is this like the 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 maid's room? I don't know. I don't, this is the writer's room. I'll put some pizza on a napkin for awesome. you. Maybe no, a, yeah. a drawing of a window would be great. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm, I get, let's not get. I'm going to draw it, but I'm going to draw it with the shades closed. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, thank you so much for being here. It's an amazing way. I couldn't think of a better way uh, to spend the hundredth episode of this show that Jay, you and I have been working very hard to put out very diligently for the past couple years of our lives. And here's to a hundred, 200, 300 more listeners. Should we, should we do a, <laughs> should we do a three way high five? Ooh, three way high five. Best friends forever. You ready? Yeah. On the count of five, yeah. one, one, two, three, four, five. five. Ah! We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E 
T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast. On Twitter at high the number five the podcast. Instagram at high five the podcast. Or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? The ghosts that were hidden in this recording possessing your house? Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.